0: Recording, meeting.
1: recording in progress. Uh, leave meeting. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, I'm going to start over. Yo,
2: oh, yeah. We need I, little, I cut you off. I'm sorry. Need, I was going to let you know, but real quick, actually, before my air conditioning's on, but when yeah. we do the uh, interview, I'm going to turn it off. But yeah, it's
1: fine. hot here. Can you hear it? It's hot in here. I can. Yeah, it sounds it's like uh, Jude's, in here. Jude's basement. Okay. So I'll you, keep it on mute when I'm not talking. All you okay. guys in your crazy ACs, you think it's like <laughs> hot because it's the summertime or something. Geez. Fine. Yo, welcome to a, another episode of the Where It Went podcast where we are discussing the Revelation Records discography in chronological order. Uh, it's me, Javier, Jason, and Greg. And today, We have a very anticipated, I know we say that a lot. We say often that this episode's going to be big and this episode is anticipated, but today is anticipated not only by ourselves, but by a lot of our listeners. Jason, kick it. What are we doing
0: today? Today, we're talking about Farside's LP rigged, which Revelation called possibly the best record ever.
2: Did they really right? I remember yeah, the ad they did. the ads. Yeah, the ads said we used to say that. Like yeah. it was like uh you know possibly the best
1: record of ever. Yes. Revelation records number 33. And you know, this isn't episode 33, but because we've had a few detours here and this there. is 50, this I is,
0: believe. Is it 50? 50?
1: What? I believe this is 50. Yeah. I'm not oh, now. That's huge. All right, we, we can take a break after this. Uh <laughs> Just push pause and go on summer vacation for a little bit. Um, This is a big record for all of us personally. It is. Episode 50. This is a big record for Rev. This is a big record for a lot of people, fans of music, but of Farside. And uh, stoked we get to talk to the band. Stoked that we get to talk to each other about Mm -hmm. this record. There's a lot to talk about. A lot to unpack about this record. Um, but before we get too deep into that, I think that it's already time to. <laughs> Greg, uh, what do we got to shout today? Well, I almost didn't remember because I'm
2: so tired. But uh, I just, I um, if I could just remove the harvest, the crust from my eyes, uh, Guy Picciotto said on uh, Fugazi Bulldog Front, I um. Wanted to give a shout out to our episode sponsor, Essex Coffee Roasters. Make sure you order EssexCoffeeRoasters.com. Use that code where it went, save 10%. That rhymed unintentionally. It
0: did rhyme. Good rhyme. Where it went, save 10%. Essex, uh, EssexCoffeeRoasters.com.
1: You know, um, as I've said before, my wife has been drinking decaf, and I ran out of beans for her this week. And I almost ordered some, and then she's like, "Wait, stop! Don't order anything," because our oldest daughter works at Starbucks, and she's like, "She's like, she'll pick up a bag for me." And then I was like, "You want nope, nope. You don't want that. <laughs> you really don't want to drink that." But uh, you know what? Her kind of her thought process is: a, it's decaf, so it's kind of trash anyway. But b, agreed. It's free, so let's give it a shot. She's, my wife has claimed in the past that she snuck Starbucks brew into my cup, which doesn't seem like a very nice thing to do to someone, but it's possible because I'll drink gas station coffee. I don't really care. I'll even drink Wawa coffee. I don't even care. Whoa, what do you mean
0: even? Wawa coffee's <laughs> good. <laughs> Wawa's straight.
1: <great. laughs>
2: you, you get a Wawa, creamers, Wawa coffee, no a soft, pr- soft pretzel, hoagie.
1: <laughs>
0: some water? Yeah. That was good. Yeah. Um I drink too much coffee. Nervous nelly's back. I think I drank too much coffee today, but I wish it was s six coffee roasters because uh
2: I do too. I wish yeah. it was instead I have a a,
1: a big gulp. Big
2: gulps, huh?
1: Gulps, huh? Well, see you later. <laughs> all right. Well, see you later. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that is a line that's just permanently ingrained into all of our subconscious, huh? There's like some movie quotes where Anybody over the age of 30, you could say, and they just know. They don't even have to like, you know, oh, yeah, that's from Dumb and Dumber. It's just like you know that that's where it's from. Um. Yeah, that's cool. Essex Coffee. We love coffee. We love Aaron Dahlbeck. We love merch. We We love love Be Well. We love Be Well. This is just kind of a, you know. A a, match made in heaven. A win-win all the way around. So what you got to do Go to EssexCoffeeRoasters.com, order something, and then when you go to checkout, enter the code "Where It Went" and receive ten percent off your order. Boom, roasted. And I'm gonna
2: say,
0: actually, semi <laughs> <Trade> market. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Use Stanley, <that>. Stanley, <laughs> you crush <laughs> your wife during sex. Boom, roasted. Um, sort of on 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 brand with uh, talking about Essex. I don't and for all I know maybe may be sold out. Hopefully it is, but uh I saw there was a show announced uh for July 2nd up in uh at the House of Blues in Boston. It's like a benefit for the family of uh, Stu is how he's known, Brendan McGuire. Uh he played in Bane for a bit. He was in Reach the Sky and stuff, and he's uh he's pretty ill. Um and uh, his family's going through a rough time, so there's a show. Uh, it's Bouncing Souls, and some. Uh, it says they'll announce the others soon. Okay. So if you're in the area, or even if you just want to donate, um, definitely do it because I know uh, his Stu's family's really uh, having a tough time. You know, Bouncing Souls in our area here, you know, the stuff of legend. So get into it um any other i had a quick shout it but i I don't know if you guys have anything first before we
1: uh i just want to give a quick uh bit at bow to one of our listeners cole i met him last night at the chain reaction night market and he showed me his brand spanking new gorilla biscuits tattoo sick so um
2: oh I, i i saw uh he's on instagram yeah
1: yeah. I saw. Yeah. Yeah. Cole, we just wanted to give you a bit of bow. Thanks for bit listening. Bit of bow, Cole. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, thank you.
0: Bit of bow.
2: As you're listening to this, uh, you know, we recording we're recording this the day after the, the first record store day of 2021. And uh, I guess I wanted to give a bit of bow to uh Southern Lord. They uh I managed to procure the engine kid box set it has all their vinyl in it six lps in total because angel wings is a double and that is rev related because angel wings is um has a revelation catalog number we'll be getting to that in a couple weeks hopefully talking with some members of the band and um also with southern lord this month that ice burn comes out uh i think at the end of this month So that's some more Rev-related stuff. So I figured the Record Store Day kind of jogged my uh, memory on those. And Greg, where did you go shopping for Record Store Day? At my favorite store, Siren Records, one of our lovely patrons. But at both Siren Records. Um, Yeah, if you go to um, sirenrecords.com, you can buy stuff on their Discogs. Uh, I believe any orders over $10 have free U.S. shipping. Um, and you can, you know, if you don't see something on there, if there's like a new release, they don't, you know, a lot of these stores don't, uh, put everything up on Discogs. So you can just call and order right over the phone, um, and, you know, get stuff shipped to you over 10 bucks for free. And, uh, also same, I want to, I'll give a quick bit of bow to one of Jason's locals. Another of my favorites, Vinyl Conflict. Oh, yes. Um, I order from the, their Discogs often and like, it's like, ship to the next day and you have, you have stuff in your hands within the week.
0: Yeah. Bit of bow Bobby. Can't wait till he's back and putting on shows, which I think might be happening sometime soon. Soonish. I know he's DJing weekend. He Do you think Siren Records has a
1: copy of four walls falling culture shock to sell me? <laughs> I don't think so. I'll look for Come it. Come on. <laughs> I'm, hey, I'm just going to put it just out throw here. Throw it out there on man. air. I'm looking for a copy of of a uh, four walls falling culture shock to purchase. A classic. It's a classic, and I've never yeah. owned it on vinyl. I've only owned it on cassette and CD. Uh, my wife stepped on the CD accidentally and broke it. So <laughs> I, Ooh. I don't, I don't, oh! I can't. I, but I want to <laughs> listen to it in in the house. So I'm looking for a copy. And on Discogs, there's like not a copy for sale in America right now, which is so weird, dude. Anyway, I'm noticing that a lot with stuff
2: where it's like only overseas. Uh, sellers have it so is, is that
1: your that's jade tree records number one
2: that's right it is, bit yeah. of a Jade tree yeah, i yeah, love bit jade, of a tree.
3: jade tree
1: um, um and that is such a classic record one of my favorite records of all time and uh yeah i just want to i, I want to listen to one of vinyl. So if, you, if you're holding and you want to part with it holler at me on instagram at all
0: over this town i picked it up at uh i picked my copy up at vinyl conflict recently it was on the wall it was pretty beat but i'm happy that i got my hands on it and do you but, uh, did you
1: get an original jade tree or did you get the repress
0: this is Jade tree this is actually Bo from avail was selling his stuff Oh, that's he right. out yeah and i was able Who to repressed pick it up it?
1: <sighs> um i'm looking right now it was in 2002 day after records and they also did it on white vinyl and i mean i can get a copy of that for around 35 bucks Nah, you want the jade tree one i don't yeah. know i like the white vinyl it looks cool because it match the white vinyl matches the cover it looks really nice um but they're all coming from like germany or something like that and you know i just rather yeah it's it's a real have i've gotten some
2: things you know in pandemic times uh from overseas and it's like hit or miss sometimes it comes real fast yeah and sometimes uh it takes three months so. yeah
0: you remember yeah. mail was taking forever there for a second when we were yeah
2: yeah it's gotten a lot better yeah it's yeah. gotten better um so, jason do you have any i mean <laughs> i do yeah out here, any yeah. shirt i was gonna say do you have any shirt or record what's your wants for the for our tens of oh, listeners you know what i really want anything Is you're a,
0: looking for i want a far side shirt i want a good you know um i want the one that kind of looks i can't remember what it says on the back of it now it's got like a red cross a red X, and it looks very thrashy. Oh, the like black metal looking one. Yeah, that's I like think a, that...
1: a later one. That um, I was gonna I, say that's Monroe Doctrine. Yeah, yeah I, believe, I think it's I Monroe that, Doctrine. Tour. I believe that Dave's sign uh, of Tidbit Fanzine had something to do with that design, but it could just been K Murphy. Maybe we could uh, ask them as a uh, having my say. Okay, you know, episode. That's what I'm looking for, though. Yeah, in all honesty, I've been one. looking. Yeah, for that's that's a that's a later in there in their career also i saw on instagram yesterday that the last time i believe that i saw Farside play was at the showcase theater and it was whatever the date was yesterday in 1999 oh, cool. was that That's with uh save the day saw them. no it was like a okay. rev showcase it was will haven and game face uh, kill holiday and okay. yeah if you go to the rev instagram there's a, a picture of the flyer And I actually have some photos that were given to me by another one of our patrons named Quiet Keith. Bit of bow to Quiet Keith. He uh, took a lot of good photos around that area, era and area. Also, a quick bit of bow to, because I got
2: them from you, Hav. Jay uh, was from Harmsway. Oh, yeah. uh, Sent those uh, records that I'm excited to dig into is for as much for as I was thinking for as many records as I buy and get like on a weekly basis. Now I barely have a chance to play them. So I'm hoping, yeah,
1: I didn't want to, I didn't want to talk about that. Cause I didn't know if you guys had played it yet, but Jay's new band or his solo band atonement theory, it's really heavy. It sounds, it's kind of like uh, you know, author and Punisher. It sounds like author and Punisher with guitars, maybe a little bit of like God flesh in there, um, kind of maybe like out there, like Isis. But I put it on one day while I was having lunch with my wife and she's like, wow, this is really good. And I was really shocked because she listens to like, like 90s country and like Beyonce and Solange and, you know, good music, but just not really what uh, I wasn't expecting her to be into it. But it's good. It's slow. It's heavy. It's dirgy. Um, if you like Harm's Way, you'll probably like Atonement Theory, but um, I actually really liked that 12-inch. And then if you buy it on Bandcamp, it comes with a bonus track that's a Depeche Mode cover.
0: Oh, nice. Yeah, so definitely, um, th- thank you so bit much, at Bo, uh, J.J. and Setic. yeah. Let yeah. me bid at Bow, uh, f- a group of people. I did the artwork for Darkest Hours record, Live in Lockdown, which was recorded at the Black Cat, and it was sent to me. And I received it this weekend Not only was it the record But also um, The McTurnans, Brian and Mike Threw some shirts in there for me Oh nice so, Bit of bow to the McTernans Love those guys Bit of bow to Battery and Damnation Because we're going to be talking about those Coming up Sometime in the near future But uh, just wanted to give them a shout out Nice That's it bit
2: Awesome Yeah all right. Well, so, so everybody look for a Four Walls Falling record for Hav and a Farside uh, shirt that far for side shirt for Jason. Yeah. What about you? Are you looking for anything right now? Not really. No, I'll, you know, right now I'm down that Sloan rabbit hole.
0: The band oh, we, Sloan. Never. Heard what about of Teenage it. Fan Club?
2: Well, a Teenage Fan Club t shirt. I mean, I already have a couple, but like I'm saying, a record, mm-hmm. but Sloan vinyl is hard to come by. But maybe somebody just doesn't care and wants to send me. Uh, their first album or basically anything after navy blues. Sure. So I'm down this big rabbit hole with them. Um and they're hardcore adjacent. They have that they have a EP of all 80s hardcore covers. It's pretty cool. So
0: oh all right. man. Yo. Sloan. Uh right, don't you have something else? Do you have something else? I do. Bit of Bo Edwin Allen. We he posted on uh I think he posted on our Instagram but he blessed me with the um, Iceburn Fire and Era T-shirt that I'm going to show off when it comes time to do the episode, which is going to be um, our next. That's the next, next release. The next we release not, It might
2: not be the next episode, but it is the yeah, next release. Is Ice it is Burn Engine Kid?
0: Nice, so Bit of bow. Bit of bow. All
2: yeah. right. Uh, should we just get into the episode? Yeah. Let's, let's let the music do the talking. Kick it. So it's called Square One. Mm-hmm.
1: we're here today with the quintessential far side lineup i think that's i'm going to read it directly off of the liner notes of my cassette version of rigged Uh popeye say hello
4: hi how you doing
1: i'm great thank you uh uh, thank you k murphy hello brian Chu so and bob i'm i've always wondered about (laughs) the pronunciation of your last name is it Bishir or Bashir? Second one's the best. Bashir, all right. Got it. Note
3: note that he said that it's the best. He didn't tell you if it was correct or not.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I didn't (laughs) notice that actually. (laughs) It's the lineup. It's the, the lineup of something. And Popeye, I just want you to know, I saw you play at Revelation Records... Uh, a couple weeks ago, and I'm sorry for not saying hello. You were busy. I saw you. Oh, I didn't um, know
4: you were there. I, would have I was loved there
1: with, with my children. Actually, my son really loved yours, or my daughter, my youngest, who's six, really loved your song about your animals.
4: Good, good. Yeah, yes. I, it's a, it's a, it's kind of a, it's a little niche, you know. But uh, I've, I've, I've gotten that that kind of feedback. It's like. Yeah, my kids really like that song. It's like, well, okay, good. I got somebody. That's good. So So Rev Rev
2: 200 is going to be your children's album. Yeah,
4: you've been doing it for the kids for a long time I'm doing it for the kids, man. And now there's a new generation. And yeah, I'm throwing a little meows in there. And uh, yeah, why not?
1: Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I think that's the third time that I've seen you play acoustic. Um, And it's cool to hear you play those songs. But I, in my head, heard... Other vocals and other uh, guitar parts.
4: So I was. You mean you hear the whole band? I heard the whole band when it. Yeah. Yeah. In my
1: head.
2: (laughs) I thought um, you were saying you just. I I watch you, but I actually hear like. I'm I'm thinking (laughs) about something else. Yeah, Yeah. I was listening to Citizens (laughs) Arrest in
1: my ears, actually, but it was cool to see you too. Um, Thank. So we've already talked to Popeye about you know the history of Far Side, leading up and to and including Rochambeau. But we wanted to kind of kick this off with Kevin Murphy coming into the fold and starting to write songs for this record of Rigged. So one of you guys, could be Kevin, could be any of you really, why don't you just give us a little kind of refresher in you know the transition away from your previous guitar player and songwriting partner to the one who would live out the rest of the band.
3: Uh, who wants? Who wants to take that? Not me. No. You, oh, guys, oh, you guys, you guys go. <laughs>
4: and <laughs> go for Kevin.
3: All right. I so this is going to be a recurring answer. I don't remember the specifics around this because it was a really long time ago. But the way I remember was. Um, it, I, I want to say it was end of summer, early fall of 92, and Headfirst was broken up. 411 had, I guess, broken up. We, we, we got to the last show on tour, and then we just never saw each other again. Um, and I quit Smile, and I wasn't doing anything musically. I had this idea that I was going to... Um, put together a band uh, on my own called uh, beatless. And I had some songs written, but it wasn't really going anywhere. And I was kind of sitting my ass, not, not doing anything with it. And it, I don't remember if it was a phone call or, or Papa, if, if we like hung out or something, but you, you reached out to me and, and basically said, um, you know, Rob, Rob has decided he's quitting. He's, he's going to move out to Salt Lake city. He's going to go to, I guess he was going to go to school or something. And we've, we're like neck deep in this tour that that's in the process of being booked in, in Europe and there's no backing out. We need somebody to, to step in. Are you willing to do it? And I was like, yeah, you know, I, you guys are good. I, I, I don't have anything going on. And, and I fully thought that I was just being asked to fill in and that eventually, you know, uh, somebody full-time would be, would be found. Um, and so we, you know, I we practiced. I learned the songs. We played a few shows, and then it was, and then it was dropped on me like, "Oh, we're going to film a video um, for, for the <laughs> song that just came out," and I was like, "Oh, good for you guys!" And and, and, and it was like, "No, no, you you should be in it." And I'm like, "Oh, that's odd, but okay." I kind of feel bad for Rob. I feel like he should be in this, but that's fine. Um, and I, I don't remember at what point. I felt like I was actually like in the band. It was, yeah, I, it must have been before we left for Europe, because I think at that point we were playing the song "Buck," and I don't think that would have come about unless you know I was like in the band.
4: Yeah, yeah. See, I, I, I mean, it, I, I think I can speak for the other guys, but we were we were looking for a new band member. We weren't looking for a a fill-in and frankly i i didn't think you would want (laughs) to i didn't think you'd want to be be in our band (laughs) because i I was thinking oh he's way too good i don't think he's gonna does he even like us so i don't know like we knew you just from yeah from playing shows with farsight and headfirst and and just kind of hanging out at orange coast college uh at the hardcore tree and and we were trying to think of who who can we get and i was like well you know I, I, Kevin Murphy and we were like sure he's probably gonna say no but uh and I, yeah and I remember you were you were sharing an apartment with uh Jeff Goodson and and I and I called called the apartment to ask you if you wanted to be in the band and you weren't there Jeff Goodson was there and I was like do you think he'd want to be in Farsight and he's like oh yeah sure I'll leave him a note and so and so <laughs> so he wrote a note like hey uh Papa from Farside calls want you to join the band and then you called me back and said sure and then then we started practicing together but for for me it was like after the first practice it was like yeah you're in the band of course you are let's see what we can do
5: after i saw his hair i was like he's i
4: was like (laughs) that's right (laughs) you you guys you guys were rocking the same hairstyle at the time no don't
5: let's not not say that his was super crusty and awesome
3: (laughs) yeah and And i think that that was only (laughs) <laughs> your hair was your Your hair was lush, is is what I would call it. <laughs> um, I think that was only the first practice. I think I I think I cut it all off. I I, I want to say the day after the first practice because it was so so crusty. I don't know if you remember, but it was oh, really yeah. long. But the back, I never combed it, and I would wash yeah. it like. Two two times a week maybe, and the back had like knotted up into like a single. It wasn't even a dreadlock; it was like a dread like ball. And, and I could not get rid of it, and I was like, "This this is fucking gross. Like it's got to go." So so Rob Devar. Like, that's what I remember. But, yep. Yep.
4: First I remember that session. too, and then I remember that too, and then then and then yeah. And the next time we saw you, you looked like Sinead O'Connor. We were like, oh, yeah. Hey,
3: yeah. Well, I thought I'm in a new band. I, I might as well, you know, look the part and try and look try, a little more. Try gentle. a new
0: look. Yep. <laughs> new band, new look. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so was it hard to, how, I want to hear about the writing process for the lyrics because the lyrics on Rigged are really personal. Um, from my viewpoint, was it hard to collaborate with it? Can you just walk me through the writing process for some of the lyrics? Um, I guess uh, for me, Um
4: and I know we talked about this when we were, we were talking about the, the Rochambeau record, you know, I, I, I thought of myself as a hardcore kid and I wanted to write stuff that would have like, you know, have a message and, and, uh, you know, and, and tap into the inspiration from all these other great, like hardcore bands that inspired me. But I also realized that I wasn't really, I didn't think I was really good at writing those kind of lyrics. Um, I I didn't, I, I didn't think I, I was very creative when it came to talking about things like, you know, racism and sexism and um, other isms. Um, and it's pretty, you know, you can you can write it. And I think, uh, where do you go after seven seconds? Racism sucks. It's like, I don't know. Um,
3: you know, why? So then, you know why you weren't good at that? Why? Because we weren't a crust band.
4: That's right. You know, we were good at making our own patches. But that's about <laughs> it. Yeah. <laughs> um so yeah so then i just i was like yeah maybe try just start writing writing personal stuff just like like almost like journaling and just yeah. writing about stuff that's going on in my life and i and then uh i and then people started kind of connecting to it a little bit more and i thought all right and yeah, just keep doing that it's a good and it, it's a good form of therapy for myself and i enjoyed it a little bit better yeah so do you that. think
1: do you think that being hardcore kids, hardcore kids hindered the growth of farsight in any way like like Kevin has mentioned kind of being stuck with um, playing with heavy bands, or maybe you felt like pigeonholed, or maybe like writing the songs or writing the lyrics. Do you think that coming from that scene was a
6: you know kind of slowed your growth at all? I don't think so. I mean, like, I mean, I, I guess it's funny because when when you say hardcore band, it's like, well, what is that? It looks a million different ways, right? I think just even just the idea of hardcore is like a million different ways. So. Um, and, and and I guess the, the common thread would be not fitting in, right? So, I mean, it doesn't matter what we would be, we would always fit in because we didn't fit in. So if we're playing a build like Unwound or like in uh, Castecha in Spain, and we're sitting there in a squat with like, you know, mm-hmm. crusty food and a dirty, like, fireman outfit, flipping veggie burgers, like, it just all made sense. Cause it just wasn't part of like, you know, like there, was, there wasn't like a, a set thing, like, oh, you're a hardcore band, you do this, right? And so mm-hmm. I think when, um, when we actually played shows. It was interesting because it just brought different energy into that whole "quote unquote" like, OC hardcore thing. And I was, it was just fun. Like it was like like people would like you know they would joke about stuff and like you know uh, girls would start coming to shows and being being at the shows and be like, "Oh, y'all are emo." Right? Remember that? It was like yeah. oh yeah, so the emo thing. Emo, right? Yeah. Guitar <laughs> was like oh with with like with like science safety goggles and like, didn't know what to do. So I think that um, <laughs> yeah, I think that. I don't think it hindered or helped. I, actually, it helped us because once again, we never really fit in. But that—that um, that was how we fit. We fit into the thing. So once again, we could be comfortable anywhere, even in a lovely Eurovan for six weeks. And <laughs> I, I was going to say, like, I, I think. What, what no, I think we have to. We have to shout out. Like, the, I mean, I think of side and it's, it's interesting because I, I wasn't in the van. I started off as a fan. Like, I remember. Like ditching my second period and listening to the demo like the night after they recorded it, you know. And I remember sitting there with um, a friend, Paul Simon, in the back parking lot. And uh, Rob, was like, "Yo, we just recorded." And I'm like, "Yo, give me that tape." And we put it in his car, and I heard it. And Popeye, I, we we know each other for a while, mm-hmm. so tape, and I was like, "Yo, this is like," I'm thinking like it's kind of like Bad Religion, but it's not. It's Popeye, and it's like Cub, and it just kind of opened up this door, right. And I remember thinking to myself, like, yo, if Josh Stan ever quit the band, like, I would just love to play bass in that band. And it was funny because like, like a week later he quit, and then I joined the band. And um, and I just want to say, like, you know, um, I think Chuck Trees had a little bit of a hand in the far side. I'm just trying to get some speed to that thing. But I feel like Chuck Trees had a little bit of magic happening with the with the far sound that, that kind of happened, but. But anyways, uh, yeah, like <laughs> I remember Cubby saying, "Like yo, like I'm leaving." Like you know, he was leaving the band. I was like, "What are we gonna do?" And I just remember like thinking, like the only way this band continues is with Kevin Murphy.
4: And then
0: we went to yeah. Europe. I was the European tour. <laughs>
4: mm, oh, <God>. an
6: adventure.
0: have <laughs> <laughs> uh, any no, good memories from it,
5: Bob? Uh, yes and no, and some I like to forget. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just, yeah, yeah, no, it was super rad because it was. It was uh, you guys can, you guys know the details. I rely on Popeye for a lot of the details of, of the band, and uh, but yeah, no, it was awesome. It was, uh, I mean, from showing up to, a, you know, to having zero setup, zero equipment. We had to bring our whole drum kit, everything. That was that was kind of a joke, but uh, I mean, it was it was tons of memories that you want to kind of remember. remember. Because we we're so young and just the adventure of it, I was just excited to go anywhere else, you know, and play with anyone else. And you know, you're talking about the crusty punk bands, all that stuff. I was kind of excited, Kevin, because it was different. I was scared of them, <laughs> but it was different. It was like, wow, you know, first time to Europe, just you know, showing up to shows with you know. I remember specifically was it? it was Italy, and we show up and there's open the sliding door of the van. There's a giant pool of blood with hair in it. I'm like is this supposed Whoa. to be like this and are, are we in a good neighborhood and, but that stuff excites me I like, I love that I'm excited about it and scared and I, I think we all kind of felt that way but I would have loved to have gone back when we had some music there because nothing no one you know ever heard of us at that point so it would have been great to go back so that's something I kind of would have liked to do but the first one was that it was just crazy we all we all hated each other Kevin hated us all the time
3: it was <laughs> I remember um, maybe a year after that tour, I went. I went to go see. Um, I think it was like Born Against and Man Is the Bastard. And I was talking to Sam and Adam from Born Against, and, and Adam said, "So how are things going with the Bugs Bunny band?" And I thought, <laughs> "Fuck off! Like That's you, awesome. you, you go and do that tour that we did in Europe and make fun of our punk credentials because <laughs> that tour." was gnarly it was so so the the deal with the tour was there was this guy i think his name was aiden or liam or clive or some some british sounding he was originally supposed to be booking the tour and i want to say two weeks before we were supposed to leave we found out well the guy had gone incommunicado and two weeks before the tour we found out he he hadn't booked anything and so, uh, except, if I remember correctly, he London. Yeah, London here, except that London, was, that's right. That was
5: our best show, actually. Right, right. And good. he
3: had yeah. the balls to show up to the show in London and yeah. introduce himself. Yeah. 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 can you believe thinking, that? Yeah. <laughs> so So, if I remember correctly, Jordan reached out to to Ian, um, Ian Leck, um, who who um, was a singer for a Band Voorhees and Ian oh, wow. stepped in to book the tour. And he didn't know who we were. We didn't know who he was. And we flew over. Without, like Bob said, we flew over with all of our equipment, so we didn't rent anything. We didn't rent a backline or anything, so that was massively expensive. Um, and we crammed it all into a Eurovan, and, and 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 Bob's brother came along with us to, to roadie and drive. And and there was barely room to breathe in, in this thing. And we had but to sit the whole, the whole entire time. Remember? The whole time. <laughs> it was awesome.
6: <awful. laughs> yeah. Dude, and, <laughs> I was with an with a international
4: driver's license. I was the only yep. person That's right. And you could Yeah, and you're the only person who couldn't drive a stick. <laughs> <Yeah>. so, <laughs> that's a that's perfect metaphor for Farsight like, right there, right?
0: And the album name.
4: And the album title. Yeah, it yeah. <laughs> yeah, all so kind of like, came together.
6: That, so I think that the European tour kind of like forges the idea of what Rigg would become, you know, like it would just... Yeah. Yeah.
5: Let's talk about the dirt floor we played. In that (laughs) castle dungeon. And (laughs) somewhere in East Germany, I just have the funny memory of this. And we are upstairs in this area that was scary already. And we, uh, oh my God. Yeah, I think that's my memory, but you guys could correct me if I'm wrong. But uh, we come down and it's just like this, you know, whatever shape, weird, odd brick, white room that we're in. And there's a bunch of, guys in there and girls and uh it it was all right and that like one single light from the if yeah. you remember like pointing up like a stage light it was just like a screwed in uh,
4: and uh like, like a shop light or something yeah like a
5: shop light it's like oh, i can barely see my kid and there's there's like a i'm, I'm playing plywood so it's super cool it's like oh this is awesome let's let's see it wasn't really that awesome but i, I was kind of figuring <laughs> it out and so we start playing and uh i didn't know there was a dirt floor because I couldn't see, I guess, anything. So so the band starts, we start playing, Popeye starts jumping on it, Kevin's jumping. All of a sudden, I'm, this, this uh, smoke, fog machine starts creating all this great fog, and uh, the light's <laughs> turning up to it. And I'm like, this is rad. They don't have any, but they got a fog machine. And this fog's coming up, and I'm just like, this is so cool. Look at all this cool stuff. And then I realize... That was dust and dirt from him jumping on the plywood. And it was just consuming us. And I'm like, what? I'm coughing? And I, I was just, at the end of that night, you know, we slept in the same place. And the next morning, we woke up. I, I personally had oh, dirt yeah. boogers. I had yeah, so yeah, I bad.
4: Just cu- yeah, yeah, just it like,
3: was, what am I
5: pulling out of my yeah, nostrils
4: right now? <laughs> yeah, So that was kind of, so, that
5: was our first, I think that was our first show. You guys saw me. I
3: think it was our first show. I think that was also where like I plugged my amp in and it blew the entire yeah. thing out. Yeah. So yeah. The converter yeah. didn't work. Yep. So the, yep. the rest of the tour, like six weeks or however long it was, I had to borrow an amp every goddamn night. Every show. Which yeah. was that awesome. was our first
5: order of business too, to get the yep.
4: amp set up. Yeah. Or, or, after, or After lugging that, out. after lugging that Randall half stack all the way across right. the world yep. and for those of you that don't know Randalls are heavy amplifiers they're yep. really really heavy
3: and the wheels broke off the wheels broke off when in transit I had just got new wheels installed it comes off the plane in fucking <laughs> yeah. Frankfurt or whatever it's got like one wheel
4: one wheel left we were like oh, it was so it was so representative of, so. all right this is but a-
3: <laughs> the thing with the tour was we we didn't have any merchandise for like the first half of the tour so we, we were making literally no money at all. And half of the shows were being booked as we were like driving to them. Um, so we, were, and so Ian was like, and, and you know, thank God for Ian, um, he, he saved yeah. us. Yeah. But he was working so hard to get these shows booked, but it would be like we'd play, like we'd play in Amsterdam and then the next night we'd have to be in Italy. And like if you know like European geography, that's a long way away. So we would drive these incredible distances, and like Bob said, we couldn't lie down. So we're just sitting up for like twenty two <laughs> hour drives. I mean, he, he, you want know, to talk about a bunch of days that were miserable and that were just like like <laughs> chatting and, and chopping at each other. Oh, it was awful. Awesome. Yeah. But at the same time, it was the coolest thing ever because oh, we yeah. were playing. We were playing these like places that no one ever plays, like like we played a place in Spain. We played a few places in Spain, but there was there was one show where there was more dogs than there was people. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and there wasn't a lot of dogs, so you know. Um, and everybody that that we met was super nice, and they were for the most part they were really excited that that we were there. So it was. It was it was an adventure and a nightmare, but it was it was it was so cool at the same time.
4: I wouldn't have traded it for anything, man.
2: Mm-hmm. No. So um, how that's true. how soon after you guys get back uh, do you start? Were you already writing stuff for for rigged, or were you like, you know, a while on that tour? Did you write any of this on tour, or was it when you came back? Kevin,
6: did we move to San Diego after that tour? Like I moved
3: yeah. San Diego, right? Two? Yeah, yeah. I moved pretty quickly after that. Yeah. We, I think we had a, a few new. We had Square One. I think we had Gesture. And, mm. but that might have been it. I, I mean, it was it, we were touring for Rochambeau because it had just come out.
4: Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's yeah. I think yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I remember it like that too. So we weren't really. Yeah, I mean, Kevin and I wouldn't like sit down in front of a, uh, you know, a, a bonfire and say, "Hey, let's let's jam some new tunes, man." Like we just didn't. Yeah, we never we never really we might come up with ideas when we would be on tour, but we yeah we wouldn't like. Con- I don't think I don't remember us ever consciously trying to write anything. It was more like once we when we got back from tour from that European tour, and eventually you know got settled in and reacclimated, and and then we're like, well, let's start practicing again because then Kevin and I would have. Song ideas, and then we would show up and like, oh, here's a song. Why don't we try this? And here's another song. Let's try that. And and so yeah, it it, it I, I guess the as, as far as the song writing process is concerned, it yeah, it didn't really happen until a little while after we got. <laughs> we definitely wanted a rest after <laughs> after. And probably that, a
2: break we, from one. <laughs> probably a break. Yeah, from, yeah and, we, sure. and we were
4: and we were all college students, and you know we had to we had to go back to school and. <laughs> find another, find another job. and
5: Well, uh, remember too, before the, I remember being super, not bummed. We all took a semester off to go on that tour. And then when we found out a month before, two weeks before, like Kevin mentioned that he didn't book anything and, and for the last month or whatever, I think our, I think our collective idea was, well, I'd rather, you know, go to Europe for the first time. Then sit at home, we already bought the plane tickets. Let's just go see what happens. And that's yeah. kind of how it, it started. So yeah, that was uh I'm glad we went, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. when
2: when uh for the songs on on rigged, and I guess you know, going forward now with Kevin and the band, was it sort of like a um you know a, a hoosker do thing where whoever writes it sings it is that how the songs are or did you guys kind of decide like i wrote this or we wrote it together but i think it would sound better if if kevin sings it or like how did that process go
3: So first off I, i don't think i've ever asked anybody any any of the other guys this question i well so so Papa, you mentioned, you know, thinking that I wouldn't be interested in joining the band. I was very, very excited to join the band. I thought Farsight was great. Um, I don't know if I've ever said that, but, but that I, I thought you guys were fan, fucking fantastic. And I was very excited. I don't want this to come out the wrong way. I was very excited to be in a band um, with a singer who could sing.
4: Um, <laughs> you have told me that, and I, yeah. no, you know, and, always, and, I, I always relish that.
2: I can kind of see because, like, I hear in the music of 411, I can kind of hear, like, oh, it makes sense that, like, this guy would go on to play guitar in Far Side. But, you know, 411 had a different kind of vocal approach, which I'm sure, again, I'm, I'm sure, you know, Dan probably, I wouldn't think, I mean, maybe he does fancy himself like some kind of, you know, a, a singer. It was more like, you know,
3: yeah, he, he doesn't. I mean, he, he, I mean, we would be playing shows and he would joke about it. Um, so he, I mean, he, I think he knew that, that this was, this was a stretch for him, but he, he was excited about it and, and it was what he wanted to do. And so he pursued it, but four on one originally, the the idea was it was going to be like a neurosis kind of band. It was going to be like dark and really heavy. And I was really excited because I thought Dan's vocals would fit in really well with that. And he heard some like four tracks songs that I had done just like for shits and giggles. And, 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 uh, one of them was, was, um, uh, those homophobic and, and he was like, this is what we should be doing. And so I thought that four, and so then I thought, okay, cool, we'll, we'll do this. And 401 will be like a mid period government issue kind of thing. And it'll still be Dan, but Dan really wanted to sing. Um, and I think it really worked for what 411 was But I I Had these um, I guess Aspirations Of doing Very melodic stuff um, Like 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 sort of The the, the end period Of Husker du, Like Candy Apple Grey And Flip Your Wig And that sort of thing And I just thought Popeye was the best I, I loved his voice um, Particularly um, Before It uh, <laughs> Again, I don't want this to sound uh, the wrong way, before it got more refined. Like, like, like <laughs> early Popeye, he, he has a very like gravelly, kind of raspy thing, which I think was just, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Popeye, I think it was just you blowing your, your voice out all the time. Yeah,
4: pretty, pretty much, yeah, I didn't know how yeah. to sing. So I just, <laughs> so everything was, every song you went to 11, <laughs> that's all I knew how to do.
3: <laughs> yeah, so I was very excited to join this band. But I had a handful of songs that I had already written lyrics for and put vocals on, again, just for shits and giggles, like on the four track. And I don't even remember how it came up where, where I had a song, but I wanted to sing it. But I definitely remember thinking, this is, this is going to go over like a lead balloon. Like, like, they've got Popeye. Like, no one has heard me sing before. I don't even know if I can sing. I just want to do it um <laughs> and so i guess my question to you guys is what would your take on that i mean like so you've got this new guy in here and he then has the ball to say oh by the way uh, i'm gonna sing this one you can you can just play guitar
4: i am gonna jump in right now and uh let and me cut you off guys. let me cut you off Bob. yes fuck it. Let, no, me, yeah.
5: let me answer what i think you're gonna say i think All you're right. gonna say Thank God! I think you're going to say, "Thank God!" I can take a breather. Let someone else sing a goddamn song. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right?
4: That was, that was definitely a facet, uh, not, yeah, a, a little, a little piece. A little of it. Um, <laughs> but I, but well, I, I remember. Yeah, to me, because I remember Rob when Rob was still in the band. He would he would occasionally sing a couple of backup vocals. I think really just on Hero, um, but I remember liking the fact that like yeah wouldn't that be cool to have like two singers and and you could kind of just vary things up a little bit more and and then kevin i i heard the the beatless uh demos that you did and i was like holy fuck kevin Kevin can motherfucking sing man like like i this he's the guy like i would love this guy to be a band. frankly i just thought you were too cool for us and too good (laughs) To, to be to be in, in our ramshackle band. That's why I didn't think you would necessarily be into us. And 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 when I would see you around, you were always you were always wearing shirts of you were you were in like Black Sabbath shirts, and also knowing that you were in Headfirst and getting back to the Bugs Bunny band reference, I was like, yeah, he probably mm-hmm. thinks we're just kind of this goofy, like poppy sort of band. So um, we'd never had a conversation about it. So when you shut up, he's like, hey, I got a song and. Wow. I kind of want to sing it. I was like, yeah, dude, like I know you can sing, so right. bring it and it, and I always thought it was really fun to be able to like switch back and forth and be able to do harmonies on each other's songs and um and I and I always I always love bands that could do that kind of stuff, you know, like uh, where there wasn't just one lead vocalist like you could go back and forth and um and and oftentimes there there were you, and you had a, you had a, a, a bigger range than I did. So there were certain songs where it's like, I don't want to sing. that I can't sing that. So I, yeah, of course you should sing that one, Kevin. Yeah.
2: So were were any of the songs on this written for four, which by the way, I wanted to say all three, Javier, myself, and Jason fucking love 411. I want to, I want to make that clear. Like we we're not disparaging 411, like great, great band. Um, but like you said, just different, you know, Dan's vocals are just obviously different from what like Popeye can do, but were any of these songs, ones you maybe wrote for 411?
3: The main, the main riff for Silver Anniversary was something that, that Mario and I would, would kick around for a while. Otherwise, I think everything else that I brought in, um, was, was new Kill, I mean obviously Kill Me wasn't That was That was, that was a beatless thing um, But I think Just the, the one riff and, and when I said the one, one riff I mean just the, like the opening riff um, Not the chorus Not the, 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 the bridge and all of that um, But back to your first question About the vocals I think, I think for the most part It was just kind of understood That if, like, if the majority of the song Was, was Popeye's it was his song to sing and vice versa. But uh, the song Nice, um, was, I wrote that one and I could not for the life of me figure out a, a harmony or a melody to go over it. And, and Popeye, I, if, again, if I remember correctly, you just kind of went, well, this is what I hear in my head. And then you did it. And I was like, great, go with it. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's way better than anything yeah. I'd come up with.
0: Yeah. I, I wanted to ask about the lyrics for that song was that like a when i listened to that song even when i first heard it back when this record came out i always kind of thought it was about like um, the like youth crew quote unquote scene or like hardcore is that correct
4: yeah okay it, it, yeah it, well, yeah to, to put a to put a finer point on it it's it's kind of about those social circles that you have and then and then a lot of people who and and granted i i I've, I've never I've never been straight edge. So Uh I can't, I can't claim that. But a lot of people who, and it just happens oftentimes a lot of people who are like super cap and straight edge. And then they get into their twenties and then they're like, Oh, fuck that shit. And then they just totally go off the wagon and go off the deep end. Yeah. And then they'll go back and make fun of the people that are still into that. So that's kind of what was like, Hey dude, you go do your thing. And you know, but could you just not look down on me so much? Cause I'm still a pretty nice guy. Yeah. So, so yeah, it really, so yeah, you're, you're totally correct. It, it was like specifically about, a about, uh, you know, people that I knew who would totally do that. And it would just kind of, it just kind of bummed me out. It's like, well, it's like, why do you have an ax to grind about it? It's like, no one, no one's hurting you.
0: Yeah. And
2: Jason, good job, Jason.
0: Thank you, Kevin. What was the song that you brought that you said you wanted to try to, that you wanted to sing? When you never said what song it was.
3: It was, it was, it was Buck. And, okay. and, 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 and I brought it to them uh, kind of with a white lie. I had, I had no vocals or, or lyrics for it yet. Um, and, and so once I got the go ahead, then I sort of like rushed out the, 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 the lyrics and, and, and put the vocals together, which for, for the record, I, I don't like that song. I, I, I'm not happy with how it turned out. I, I feel <laughs> like it's very, very half-assed. Oh, oh, dang! Really? Wow! <laughs> you
4: can hear
3: it
4: here first. Wait, what Wait, do, you
3: like, first? do you mean?
4: Like, a, <laughs> uh, do you mean like you don't like the song itself, or the writing, or just like the way it came out when we recorded it?
3: No, I. So, okay, so we're talking about the song "Buck," right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I don't like, I don't like the, the way it turned out. Is great. Um, I just feel like I rushed it um, Because I was excited To be able to have This opportunity To like Sing in a band um, I think the song Could have been A little bit more refined I think the lyrics The lyrics are They're, they're literally About nothing They're just a bunch Of <laughs> shit Strung together And the name Of the song Is, is um, uh, I don't even Remember where It came up uh, It came from But it, it, it was My uncle's nickname His Uncle Uncle Buck. <laughs> nice. It was, it was literally uh, uh, oh, Buckshot was, was his name. They called him Buckshot. Oh. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Sounded um, like wow. he should have been in my family <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I was, I was never particularly jazzed on on the writing of that song. I thought the, the execution was great. I think it, it, it was rushed.
1: I think that song is cool in in the album. It, it kind of is almost like a, a sharp left turn from how the first three songs of the album are. And it sounds, to me, sounds very different than any other song in the Far Side catalog. And maybe yeah. because it is the first song recorded with just your vocals that we get to hear, right? And it's upbeats. It doesn't, like it still fits in with it, but that, that song is so different and so cool. And that song specifically, but uh, we had a, f- a listener of, and a longtime friend named Chase Corum who asked me to ask oh, yeah. you about your um, like your influences for for guitar on this album, oh, Kevin, and and kind of where some of them came from because it did really, I think, drastically change things from Rochambeau.
3: Um. Huh. I think, I think the Brian Baker influence is really obvious with the use of the octave chords. Um, the song Nice was, the music at least, was was written after weeks and weeks of listening to nothing but Neil Young. And that was kind of my, oh, my attempt to do, to, to do kind of a Neil Young thing. And like Neil Young and Roger McGuinn and, uh, and, and Bob Mould those are the, the guitar players that I really like because they they don't just do bar chords they do full chords but they have the notes sort of ring so you're, you're doing the root note but then you've got like the I don't know the, 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 the higher G note constantly going with it so that you've kind of got this like steady note above and then this thing going on underneath and it just makes it feel uh, bigger w- without having to be two guitar players. And I always thought that was really cool. I always thought like the birds, just their, their sound, you know, for, for a, a mid to late sixties band was just huge. Um, and not just cause they were using 12 strings, but just the, the style of guitar playing. But um, yeah, Brian Baker was, was a big influence. I really, really loved the first Dag Nasty record and just thought his, his guitar playing was, was, I, I thought it was really technical, but not like in a, like a masturbatory kind of like Ingve Malmsteen kind of way. It was very tasteful, right. but you could tell that the guy was really good at what he did. Um, so yeah, I guess, I guess that's kind of where, where the, the playing came from.
4: If I can jump in real quick, uh, you using the, the, the word tasteful, um, when we did that European tour, we played a bunch of shows with super touch I remember um, the guys in Supertouch would just go on and on and on about your guitar playing. And the word they would use was, yeah, his stuff is just really tasteful.
3: (laughs) I'm classy as fuck. What can I say?
4: (laughs) You are classy as fuck. Congratulations.
2: (laughs) So one of the things I wanted to ask, and we we talked about last week, we talked with uh, Chris and Rodney from Sensefield um, about them recording at For the Record, which I see is where... Uh, rigged was done in the yeah. line in the liner notes here. Uh, it says recorded and mixed there from June ninety three to February ninety four. Was that just because you were going in like little sessions, or did was it this laborious thing where you were spending? I mean, obviously you weren't spending however many months that is, but like, it's is there a reason it took a long time? Was it just because you could only afford to go in and,
4: in pieces? I, I think that. It's- yeah. Oh, oh, I hope somebody else talked. Who's
3: talking? Talk. I was going to say, who's going to use the word lazy? Dude, yeah. <laughs> you said. <laughs> yeah. I think
4: part of it, I think part of it was, uh, part of it was a budget thing, but part of it was, we, you know, we, we didn't always have the time because we were working and going to school and had our personal lives. But, but yeah, I think, I think, just kind of like oh we just didn't get around to it oh I'm busy I can't do you know yeah so maybe laziness sure Bob I want to hear I want to hear you expand on that Uh,
3: I I was just going to say
5: I I remember (laughs) being done with my stuff in like three days and I I was thinking we're going to be (laughs) done the next week and then I was was coming to the studio and you guys are doing some overlays and stuff and I'm like you know it's we've done it before so it's not a new experience but I just remember going it's taking longer than I thought it would take my shit's done in three days and we're spending a lot of money and and (laughs) we're going to be in a lot of debt which we were and probably are but I just remember that um, part of it and then after a while I think after a long while I was like I'm not even gonna go. Like I was going every time. support is fun, and then I'm like, I have yeah.
3: shit to. <laughs>
5: yeah. I'm like, are we? Uh, call me when uh, we're, we're closer to the end. I'll come in for the more of the final. That's what I, that's what I remember. <laughs> yeah,
3: because that's
5: like
2: I'm I'm thinking that's like eight eight months, some mm-hmm. eight Ooh, or nine yeah, months.
5: That's, yeah, that's I don't know if it took. Wait, wasn't it wasn't. See, I don't, I don't even remember. I mean, now again, I'm, now I'm pissed off because that's way too long. I thought it was too much. <laughs> was there, was this, this was a pretty, and I'm
2: assuming this is a pretty anticipated record for people like at that time. And
1: Hav, I don't know if you were, uh, you know, in real time, I was not, but um, I was 17 when, okay. uh, when this came out in 1994. And I don't remember really seeing Farside play too much in 93, 93 was like when I was fucking gung-ho about going to shows, 16 years old, going to shows at Club eight and a half, and like the Ice House and stuff like that. I don't remember seeing Farside play too much until 94, and, and getting this at Vinyl Solution right when it came out, um, seeing, seeing Farside play a lot around that time. So 94 and 95, yes, I remember, and, and being so stoked on this record when it came out. But I don't remember any like leading up to it, anybody being like, Yeah, the new Farside record is coming out. I can't wait. But when we all got it, it was like, Holy fuck, this rules. Is that if that answers your question, Greg?
2: I don't know. Yeah, well, I'm I'm cause I'm just thinking because you know, we've talked to Jordan a bunch, and um I think it's safe to say publicly, like he loves Farside. Like, yes, he does. You guys <laughs> always are brought up anytime, you know, and I know he was very excited about you know really all the Far Side episodes and even we were talking before we started you know before you guys signed on the ads for this record uh, used to say, poss- what was it, Jason? Possibly the best record ever.
0: Yeah, possibly the best record ever. Oh man, who
2: was
5: Do you in charge that? of uh, possibly? Oh. What was that? I said who was in charge of creating that little. <laughs> I mean I like it, but but like when it was done, did you kind
2: I mean like when this was played back because to me, I mean, and I I really like I really like um Rochambeau a lot. You know, we talked about it, but this one to me is just such a step up. Yeah. yeah. So like I can't imagine like when it's finally done, especially thinking about you know the anticipation of eight eight months of, you know, from beginning to end, like it had to be satisfying to hear it when all was said and done mixed and, you know, recorded and mixed. Cause it sounds great. I think too, like the the recording.
3: The recording yeah. is, is fantastic. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I really like Rochambeau. I, I don't like the production. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. it's just too overproduced. And
5: it changed, it changed a lot of things. I remember after it was finally produced. And I remember not liking some of my drum stuff and going, I didn't even play that. And it changed some of my stuff the way he did what he did. It but.
3: totally did. And and, yeah, and yeah. I remember um, joining and, and starting to practice with you guys and, 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 and coming to realize that um, I'm going to just, you're going to get real uncomfortable, Bob, um, like understanding how good you, you really were um, and how fluid. Talking to talking to me? Yeah, well, I mean, cause okay. <laughs> So I, I think Bob is, is, is such a good drummer and he's got he's kind of got like a Stuart Copeland thing where it's like you're playing these straight ahead songs, but he's doing it in a very uh, bouncy, almost jazzy kind of thing, with a lot of like stuff going on with the left hand that you couldn't hear on Rochambeau because it was it, right. it was hidden under, under all that slop. Yeah, um, I became um,
4: They were very triggered. The drums were very, like, triggered. Yeah, we and I remember not,
5: uh, like, kind of knowing, why is he putting these little medical-looking devices on my drum head? (laughs) And I didn't, "Ah, just in case you mess up, which, you know...
3: Was this E? Yeah. Yeah, and
5: not to rip on him, but we... I remember him doing that, and, and then after, you know, it sounded fine, and then when he mixed it, and then I became a computer drummer i didn't like i was like what happened because yeah. he i mean my timing probably wasn't that great so i thought maybe he would fix a little part of us off like you know but for my snare to be the same volume every hit and any like maybe a little subdivision hit or anything like you said left-handed that i was trying to do in there it got completely muted out now i was super bummed so you're right about uh rigged it's just you can hear all the f-ups and, yeah. and and little things that are good and bad, which I like. And to this day, I'm sure we all do it. You, you listen and you're like, ah, why wasn't I better at that point in time? Why couldn't I do what I wanted to? And uh, <laughs> yeah. so that drives me crazy oh. too, but it drives me more crazy on, uh, on Rochambeau. when it, I just sound like a computer. Really.
3: If you've ever heard like the, the uh, original, like first three ZZ Top albums, where it's, it's very dry production, like Frank Beard is fucking incredible. He's such a good drummer. And then that, they, they remastered it and reproduced it or whatever in, in the, the 80s and 90s, and it's god-awful because it's, it's, it's like Bob said. It's like it becomes a machine. It's terrible.
5: You made me a mixtape ZZ Top, so I'm going to go get that out after we do this.
4: <laughs> I remember you telling me that, Kevin, too, and I was like, really? Okay. Chew,
5: your mic, chew, your mic is cutting out or it's not working when you're talking, I don't
6: think. Uh, it's all good. I, I was just going to say, you got to tell the story about uh, Chuck Tree staying at your place and setting up the drum kits and giving you like the, uh, the lessons.
3: No,
5: it's cool. I wouldn't really call them lessons, but schooling is more like it. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah, Chuck Chuck stayed at our, my parents' house where I'm at right now, actually. You can see the beautiful family photos behind oh, Yeah. Um, but yeah, he he stayed here for a, a month. And uh, anyways, he he did he's just a magician and everything, but he had a, a kit here because he was doing recording at for the record, right? I, I believe. And uh he asked me if I could set up in the garage. I go, yeah. So I had my little shitty kit out there and he he set his up. And so we kind of did him like face to face. And uh he would uh you know, he just go out there and practice. And I'd just try to keep up with him, and it was it was just super cool because I mean, he, he still can do the coolest stuff and I can never figure out. And pretty cool. It didn't happen as often as I'd like it to, but yeah, it was, it was interesting. Fun stuff.
1: Chuck Trace, Philly representing.
2: That's right.
1: You know, you guys talk a lot about like the musicianship and you use a lot of like kind of beyond punk music terminology, which makes me think that you guys learned how to play music like took lessons, studied it in school, something like that. No, not at all. Not, no, I don't know.
5: No. I no. learned I learned to play drums in auto shop in ninth grade on the table. And that's that's <laughs> that's where I learned.
4: So Yeah. Um yeah, I just, just
5: but these, other, these I don't know, sorry to cut you off, Bob, but everyone else who's a musician, like I'm just super you know, blown away and pumped that they knew how to play stuff. Cause I'm just, just the drummer. What do they call a the guy that hangs around with a bunch of musicians and it's drummer? <laughs> but see, I don't, I
2: actually don't see, I know that's the common joke, but like if a band doesn't have a good drummer. Totally. The drummer can't, makes it break the band. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It can't like, you can find good guitar players, a lot of places you can find good bass players um, and that's not to diminish anybody that's a good guitarist or bassist, but a drummer. If you know, I feel like you can kind of get away with the other things being subpar, but not not a drummer.
3: Yeah, that's I mean, what is what is Led Zeppelin without John Bonham or, or the Who? Like, okay, the Who is a great example. The Who with with uh, uh, Keith uh, Keith Moon, incredible. Then they bring in Kenny Jones. Yeah, <laughs> same guy different drummer. Not yeah. anywhere is, is good. I think nice face
4: dances are still. I think face dances are still a good album, but uh, no, I see. It's you. a good
3: album, but it's <laughs> it's not the Who.
4: <laughs> it's not the Who. Um, yeah, okay. yeah, but yeah, Bob. No, no I mean, uh, you know, we we or everybody. I mean, did did we really know what we were doing? And we learned stuff from each mm-hmm. other too, which which I was uh, which I always enjoyed. Like I learned so much watching Kevin play and there were
5: I didn't learn anything. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, yeah, but everyone, I'm like, I don't even know you guys know.
3: That's you not know okay you. They you, tried to show know. me a
5: couple of chords and I couldn't bend my wrist like that. So I'm like,
3: this You is could dumb. play you could play the uh that, that uh that Tejano, bass. no, that Tejano kind of bass, that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. all I got, That's all I got in my, <laughs> my sleeves.
4: Hey man, if you ever want to be in a Tejano band, that's all you need got
3: that wired going. Uh, <laughs> I was super excited to be in, in a band with, with all three of these guys I mean, I I love Chew's bass playing I love it, I, it's it's so creative and Popeye does not get enough credit as a guitar player I mean, I, it, he's he's throwing shit at me like oh, I learned so much from Kevin, like he could play circles around me, he's a he's a <laughs> I can we do a lot high. of like oh. no no I can do a lot of like weedy shit but like that's it but you're like a complete package like you can play acoustic guitar you you do you, you yeah you're 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 very good
4: well thank you sir you're thank all you are are very good. good I love you guys <laughs> I love you too love you we care. all we all love everybody love everybody
3: and I'm sorry that I was such an asshole for for years and years. <laughs> <You> <laughs> we'll I'll get try. over it soon Will well you, eventually.
4: Well, yeah. you I thought it was funny <laughs> you you did you did warn us you did warn us before we went on that on that you, 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 you said i'm gonna get i'm gonna be sick like all the time and i'm gonna and i'm and that means i'm gonna be grumpy like all the time and it's like all yeah, right
5: yeah
4: and then i remember like, i, I remember fun, like yeah. like bob would just bob would just get amused when you would get grumpy about something because Bob's like What's he, I don't give a fuck. What's he going
0: to do? It's
5: not like we're going to get in fight
0: or whatever. Super entertaining.
5: So, Super entertaining.
0: That's where awesome. does the title rigged come from? What does that mean in context <laughs> oh of the my record? God. Well, <laughs> everything before
5: that period. I I, I want to go on record. You guys tell me, but I think I coined. I think I named it. Am I right or wrong? I think no, I, I, think it was I remember probably saying, but because I was always – maybe i was the dick kevin maybe i was always mad that this was this was broken or the amp didn't work or you know everything was kind of taped together which it was which it was included and you know yeah. and I, just, I, mean, I i just remember i i just remember thinking that and i used that term i used to say that all this shit's rigged like and our shit was rigged. It was, and I think, yeah. I think I came up with You tell me if I'm wrong. Cause my memories, <laughs> you're probably,
4: you're, you're probably right. I, I'm not going to disagree with you. Cause I, I was
3: oh, going to say, I was going to say, I think that's, that's where the, the, the idea with the, uh, the album, like artwork came from.
0: That was, was my next question. Yeah.
3: Yeah. It was kind of like showcasing how <laughs> all of our shit is rigged together with tape. And I mean, like, like Popeye's guitar, Oh man. I mean the, the thing on the back the, the back plate or whatever was like a cardboard it was like a downy <laughs>
0: yeah
3: like how much did that thing cost to actually replace but it was like no 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 this will work and like yeah, my, could, my yeah yeah,
4: <laughs> yeah you're, and you're, your strap, your strap was duct taped on and
3: and um, so we came back from, from, from Europe and I had that blown out amplifier head but I had like a, a Randall like single speaker um, Like practice amp or something, and realized that if I took a bunch of chords and rigged it together, I could play through the little amp into the big amp through the speaker, (laughs) and and it was like way louder too. It was loud as fuck, man. Yeah, it was loud. (laughs) Yeah. So everything was just everything was rigged together, and that was. was I think there's also on the on the in the liner notes. I think we also thank everybody who loaned their instruments to us. Yeah, to recording because that was it's,
4: real too. Uh, that uh, was is. that was a common thing. Yes,
3: I remember Chu having a,
5: all new equipment though. You, I yeah, Brian was, was Brian was amazing. the only guy
4: who had like good proper equipment. Like he always had top of the line stuff. So if you notice in the photo of his base, we were like, well, there's nothing wrong with yours. That's just maybe we'll just put put some cords around there and make it look yeah. messy at least. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah Brian, Brian was always great. had the most perfect tones and. Everything was so great about Brian's gear. First, first credit card, six hundred dollars
6: limit. That P bass <laughs> went straight to, to to was it Melrose? I'm like that one right there. Phew, maxed out the first. No way. But, but, uh, I was going to say like uh, distortion uh, pedals, distortion pedals, like oh, Emo, yeah. no distortion pedals, ring. <laughs> we, we there's a
5: lot. We borrow them? What do we do?
2: It has this like uh self-depreciating quality to it, like kind of like replacements-y that I really like about just the whole idea of rigged and the you know, even the, the layout with the um stuff. Whose idea was how about the driver's licenses and the uh IDs?
4: I I, bel- I wanna say that was my idea. Um, actually I was I, I think originally I wanted I wanted all of us to have our student IDs from the mm. colleges that we were going to, but, uh, I don't think, I don't think Bob and Kevin had them. <laughs> like we I wasn't going to college idea. at
3: that point. Yeah.
4: Yeah. So, that, so then we, so then we just so were like, well, here's what we got. And then, yeah. And then, uh, 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 was that Brian, was that, was that Brian Shepard who took that photo? I know too. I know, I know Shepard took the, the, uh, the fortune cookie photos.
2: He took the back cover <laughs> photos. It says Brian Shepard.
4: Okay. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, Brian Shepard from uh, from Mission Impossible.
2: Now according um, to the uh, driver's license, Bob was three years old when this record came out. <laughs> and but his license his license was 20 years expired. In 1991, and, I love uh, that it, it does say you're 60 pounds and seven feet tall.
5: <laughs> <laughs> That's about right. I remember, <laughs> I remember not knowing all of that until I saw. it. No one told me you guys, you know, did all those changes. That was no, cool. me, so, no J- Jordan did that.
4: Jordan, did that? yeah, that was Jordan. Like, well, and, and initially, uh, so initially he was like, "Well, I don't want to put your actual personal information on That's this." Right. And then Jordan, being the Photoshop whiz that he is. He just he just did that on his own. So none of us knew. He did, we didn't know until it came out. That's He's right. A funny I, I thought Easter you egg. guys
5: had known. And I,
4: no. I was like, what? I loved it, though. <laughs> yes. Dude. So
2: speaking of Easter eggs, we have a uh, surprise guest that just hopped on. Because for me, when I think far side, I always okay. think of my friend and yours, Mike McTurnan. Oh, shit. Oh man! Who we mentioned at the wow. at the top of the episode? I just crashed the party in a bad way. Oh,
0: what's <laughs> no, up, dude? No, not at all, <laughs> <laughs> Mike, In the best way. Oh. Bye, Mike.
7: Hey guys, how are you? Oh man,
4: really so, good. So nice great to, see great see you. to see you, Mike. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it's all,
7: it's all of you
2: guys. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Thank uh, you for having few, me. Sure, we had a few more layout questions, Jason. Oh,
0: yeah, so well, let's let's start with this one, and we'll get back to the back of the record. But what is happening with Popeye and Brian inside <laughs> the, the label?
4: <laughs>
0: I don't remember I don't
4: where about. that was. I don't remember where that was taken or who took it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, just some. No, I just no. I know the I know the photo. It was just a. It was just a.
0: It was just a funny photo. <laughs> just, okay, okay. Just, no, we we're just goofing off. <laughs> All right. And so, was the title rigged? Did you say, okay, we're going to call this LP rigged? And then you set up a. Is this from a real show? Did you already have rigged spray painted on the back of that cabinet?
3: No, that was that was done for the the album.
0: Okay. Okay. Cool.
3: Yeah, I think I had Farsight on the back, but then I I think I just added rigged later.
0: Okay. And then we got the, we didn't talk about the back of the layout, which has the fortune cookies and then the song titles on there. But who did that? Yeah, that, who, yeah, that, chew, yeah, that, that was you, right? You did that. I can't even remember.
3: Okay. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> I
5: Are think it's definitely cool. It's idea. Yeah, I, I love it. And uh, I don't, I was not a part of any of it. So I think it's <laughs> super cool. <laughs> like, I, uh, yeah, I've yeah, talked we about were, that before, but it's like, yeah, I didn't really care. I, I just wanted to hear the music. But then when you get something you didn't like, the, like the, the Far Side Blue thing, and I heard you guys talk about that before, and I was like, who picked blue? Why did we blue? do that? Even oh, though I like the, blue. <laughs>
4: no, for the, for,
0: Oh, you mean for the EP? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. So, so yeah, not no.
4: having any input then
5: being mad about it later, but not caring about this oh. one it came out, it came out good. I this
0: like. one had like it just has like a fun vibe to it. You can tell the band is just fun and like you know, you, with the with the student licenses on the back, it's it just gives you that impression like this band doesn't give a fuck and it's fun and this is <laughs> a layout that they threw together, but it's also a really good layout and like memorable and I've always liked this one. I think it yeah, fits but
2: was, you know, that that time 94 i'm thinking like green day dookie you know mm-hmm. like the biggest record in the world at that time had like dogs a cartoon of dogs throwing shit you know what i mean right, yeah. <laughs> so having like fortune cookies and the ids and then the like the album cover i think it fits and then jason i don't know if yours has this has some messages in the matrix what's uh no. <laughs> mine says ervic i think on one side <laughs> E- e- uh, I feel like I struck a nerve Papa just spit out his drinks It <laughs> must be something E-R-V-I-C
3: <laughs> Yeah It's service, right?
4: Uh, yeah, no, Well, no, because we, we Oh man, I gotta take this one Yeah um, Yeah, so so our, our rehearsal space Was at a um, A propeller A boat propeller shop where Bob was working at the time called Hill Propellers. And if you look on the album cover in the back of it, you can see boxes of, and those are, those are boat propellers. And they just say Hill Propellers. And, and Bob worked there. I'm sorry, on the front cover that, that like stack of like white boxes. slightly off center to the right. Yeah. Okay. So, so Bob, Bob worked there and he was also very dear friends to the, this family owned company. And they were like, Hey, we get, we have this office that we're not using you want to give us 50 bucks a month, you can just like, you you can pretty, you know, pretty much live here. You can keep your equipment here. And so we had our lockout and it was in a, in an industrial area in Santa Ana. Um, and, the, <laughs> but it, it's a business and there was a reception desk at the, at the, in the entrance. And there was a little, one of those little bells that you would see at a, at a hotel that would go ding, ding, you know, when you were looking for someone and, and it, there was this little bell with those like stick-on letters. Like you go like you go to like a an art supply store and you buy like a sheet of letters and somebody had put service on the on the bell. But over time the the S and the E had just kind of fallen off. So it just said Ervic. And our first practice with Kevin and we were walking out, we were like, yeah, that was really cool. And and we we're all you know trying to be pretty pretty cool about it and out of nowhere evan just walked up or sorry kevin just walked up to this bell and just started slamming on it and going ervic 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 ding ding ervic <laughs> ding ding ervic <laughs> and we were and we I, we just fucking died of laughter it was like that's the most random and most hilarious thing ever and mm-hmm. as if we didn't already know you were going to be in the band now we really know you're going to be in the band.
5: Okay. Well, i didn't know I, that, I didn't know that at all bob, about well there's
4: a, don't worry there's you don't remember there's no i remember that website. but i don't
5: remember it being why that was inscribed on the vinyl so on oh, well, yeah, the east yeah. <laughs> you have get your goddamn
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah bob that's you <laughs> <There> it is. <laughs> yes oh that, yeah,
5: that is me okay <laughs> you, you tell you, you you tell a story, but I I think I used to say that maybe a lot.
4: I don't know. Yeah, it, it had something to do with your with your lovely wife Erin, and you guys were you guys we were at a show or or someplace. Either a show or I think it was a show, and you and your wife were just kind of horsing around in the parking lot, and you just went, "Get your goddamn!" <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, love, I, I love like I don't know why I found like that, like that so hilarious, but I was like what did you just say? And you're like, I don't even know what just came out of my mouth, but you, <laughs> you sound like some guy who lives in like San Antonio. Just go get your goddamn. Yeah, and it was, I was joking, right? I wasn't. Uh, no, you weren't, you weren't beating her up or anything. No,
2: you guys <laughs> goddamn ass back in the car, woman. <laughs> so when this does finally come out, what was like the reaction? Like where, cause we were again saying before, we're like, if we're, you know, if we're A&R guys in, 1994 and we hear this records and we're looking again at the climate of what's what's going down what's what the kids are into you know the green day and offspring and all that stuff like we're we're labels at that point I know I even asked it with with the first lp but this one definitely I feel like we're, there had to be some people maybe getting in your ear trying to make you rock stars uh,
4: <laughs> who, who wants to take not this one? That's what I remember. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I don't think, I kind of, at least the, how I remember it, um, I don't think that stuff really, it, it did kind of happen, but not until a little bit later. Um, Yeah, like like how, how it was mentioned earlier, I don't think it was, like like how Javier was saying it, it, it didn't seem like the highly anticipated follow-up record from Farset. Um you know, we're just putting out a record, but I think uh I feel like it was just as you said, at that time, just by coincidence, alternative music, so to speak, was was becoming the hot new thing. Um and that's when Lollapalooza was was a thing, and um and I and also because of when it came out, like the time of year that it came out, and and I think that's why a lot of people have told me that. Like oh yeah, I totally associate this with the summer of nineteen ninety four because because it just came out like right around that time. Um, Otherwise, yeah, I don't yeah I don't I don't remember anybody like really banging down our doors. The band got more popular, um, and uh, you know our our next our 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 subsequent uh, U.S. tour was certainly better than the first one that we did. we started seeing our, we started seeing the the records in more record stores, and that was that was cool to see. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't remember feeling like like oh yeah, we made it, we're huge now. But uh, more just like a progression, like oh well, yeah, you're gonna get a little you're gonna get a little bigger the more records that you put out and the more shows you play. And so it, it didn't seem unusual to me at least. I don't know how the other guys feel about it.
3: I don't remember. I mean, I feel like people asked us this a bunch. You know, why didn't you you sign or whatever? I don't remember anybody in any show, like any A and R record label dude coming coming to us. I mean, maybe I don't know. Maybe they maybe they realized I was a dick and they didn't want to talk to me. Maybe they talked to one of you. I don't know. But I don't remember it. And and to be fair, um, if anybody was interested in us. It wasn't because of Brigged. It it was because it was nineteen ninety four and we had guitars. Yeah. Every band in the world that, that had guitars was 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 in the, the radar for, for major yep. labels. I mean you look at some of these bands that got signed. Oh yeah. Major labels. I mean Shudder to Think it is is an amazing band. There was no way they were gonna succeed on a major label. They, no, you know, no. but but everybody was getting signed. And, but I don't remember anybody coming to us, but I I think you're right. I think one of, one of the things that, that maybe kept us from, uh, I don't know, for lack of a better phrase, uh, reaching our potential is that we, we just had too much fun. Um, like I love going to band practice and my favorite band practice was when we didn't get anything done. We just like around oh, yeah. and laughed. <laughs> Which the whole was a lot. Of it. <laughs> Which was a, a lot. lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I mean, I think we spent more time like playing entombed and, and helmet. Oh, yeah. Than we did writing yep. own stuff. Yeah. Yep.
5: That's funny, Kev, because I was thinking about that. Yep. <clears throat> And those are like the funnest times too. We just play metal, whatever you knew and you could play. We just have but then also other other times, me personally thinking, fuck, I could be in bed right now. This is fucking a waste of time. It's eleven. I gotta work. I wanna go to bed, man. And just being exhausted after and then, yeah, we'll pick it up in a couple of days. We'll get
4: <laughs> Yeah, I thought
7: I was the only one
4: who thought like that. no uh, yeah no no uh, yeah typical practice we'd we'd show up um and then and then we we liked hanging out with each other so we would show up and then we would just kind of talk and like oh how was your day and oh man this guy and this thing at work or whatever and then we would and then we would talk for like a half hour or so while we were while we were setting up our stuff and then we'd start tuning up and then somebody would start playing something just to kind of warm up. It's like, Oh, what are you doing? And it's like, Oh yeah. And then we would just have like a jam session, which would usually turn into an improv death metal jam session for a good half hour, 45 minutes. Possibly I think that's longer. what we
5: really wanted to play. And I think that's what we really wanted and to play. It
4: was just fun. So we were yeah. And then we would take a break and, and <laughs> you know, like, Oh yeah, we're getting ready to practice. Now let's take a break. And then, you know, we'd go, <laughs> we'd go outside for a little bit and then we'd just chat some more and like, uh, did you read the news today like, and then we would just talk about random stuff and then so, le- and then the next thing we know two hours have gone by and it's like oh, yeah I guess we should probably like play some music and like oh wow look at the time yeah it's getting late alright let's just run through the set and then we'll we'll call it a night.
3: Yeah and then you and I would have to drive home to San Diego and that would yeah.
4: be
3: <laughs> an hour and a half at one in the morning
4: yeah yeah.
6: I mean it's, yeah. it's crazy like I mean I think if anything like far side, about relationships you know like I mean, you, we really spent together during that period. Like, you know, you, you, you don't really spend that much time with anybody like that. You know, like if you think about how you live right now. Right. And I was yeah. like, 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 in that time we spent so much time together. And so like, uh, so the band, was just more than just a bit like a band. Right. It's like, it's like relationships. And so, uh, yeah, I think that that was like the important thing about it. Right. Like, uh, spending time doing this thing and, uh, Yeah, I think the relationships were the thing that was like the most important thing about the band. It wasn't about like just you know putting out awesome records and like being part of the scene. It was like you know four dudes
4: in a spot in a certain period of time and just trying to figure it all out. Yeah, totally. Yeah, just like Bob, just like Bob said. Most of the time, I was more excited about going to practice than playing a show because it's a lot of times it's a it's it, it, it was just easier to hang out with your friends when it's just the four of you in a little room rather than when you're at a show with a bunch of people. And I'd be like, I'm going to practice. Yeah. And I'd be super jazzed about it.
5: There's no pressure. You know? Yeah. Like, you're just, you're, you're hanging out with your friends. Like, like the, not to mention the, the comedians in the band. Cause I'm the easiest, <laughs> easiest fan. Like I told pop, like I'm his easiest, whatever, but not biggest fan, you know, he just makes me laugh all the time. And then Kevin chimes in. And I'm just like, these guys are comedians. But it, when we did that at a show, I wasn't necessarily that happy. About
4: it. You'd get a little annoyed, <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> like <laughs>
5: <"Chick-talk." That's good. laughs>
3: that was my favorite part of, of playing shows is when Popeye and I would just do jokes. I have a recording of us. I, I think it's at the Rev showcase in CBGBs. And and this is gonna sound like I'm tooting my own horn, but I just I love this. And I and in between songs, I I say to this New York crowd, I say, so Hey, that show Seinfeld is is set here. Like, who likes that show Seinfeld? And you hear people like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, me too. And then just like, (laughs) and and I'm like, that's the funniest thing ever, just letting people hang like that. And Popeye says, why are you such a dick? (laughs) This is is what makes Far Side fun, is doing this shit. Like, okay, fine, we got to play some songs. Let's do the comedy act, man. Yeah, let's do the comedy. (laughs) At one point, well, yeah.
4: For, first of all, that was always kind of a goal for Kevin and me, Bob. It was if we can get if off. we can get Bob to we we'll piss <laughs> yeah. you off. Yeah, that that's a goal. But if we could also get you to laugh, because once <laughs> in a while you would. then it was like success all right got i you.
5: practiced laughing the whole time but shows i would show admit i'm like uh ah, there people are not biting this they don't like this like you think they yeah you guys love that i i was just oh, kind yeah. of embarrassed well, i kind well, of felt well, like my yeah, i was playing with my dad you know like he would embarrass you or something i'm like come <laughs> on Hey, like, d- d-
4: dude you set yourself up man you only, you only have yourself <laughs> very true <laughs> Oh, the other thing was, uh, um, yeah. Most of the times the jokes wouldn't really go over at all. Um, but 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 my other goal would be if if Jordan Cooper came to one of the shows. Um, I don't know if you guys remember, but Jordan has a very distinct laugh, and I don't want and I I, I don't want to embarrass him. But when Jordan laughs, he sounds like an eight year old girl. Yep. Like it's it's <laughs> this really high pitched. <laughs> And so, and he was, he was probably the only person that really thought that Kevin and I would, were funny. And so if he was at a show and if we could do one of those like lame, jokey things that we would do and no one else would laugh, but somewhere you would hear, ah, 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 ah. it's like, good. Got a laugh out of Jordan. <laughs>
2: and now we can move on. Then, then you knew that Pete Sapai was in the building. <laughs>
5: yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, how did yeah. that end up on there the prank calls <laughs> oh the, the cameo were, from pizza pie those
4: are yeah those are that's jordan that's jordan cooper um i don't know if it's i don't know if it's credited on the record or not but uh it, well it's no, not but,
2: i guess it's not on the vinyl but it must be on the no, it's on the spot it's, it's on the and yeah the it's CD. on the,
4: the cd for sure yeah but when jordan was still living on the east coast he um he just got kind of got inspired by uh I think it was the Tube Bar, uh, which predated the Jerky Boys. I don't know if you're familiar with the Tube Bar. Oh, bars. is that the
2: Bum mm-hmm. ball Bastards or whatever, or something like that? The, something um,
4: like that, like you motherfucker, cock Yes, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Th-
2: those are great. But yeah, yeah, I love that he's like that was good, right?
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like it when he says Yeah, that one? so yeah, so, yeah, so Jordan Jordan just started. He he has this whole like tons of recordings of he was just he just started crank calling establishments and uh, and Kentucky for. Uh, yeah do you have any vegan chicken vegan chicken <laughs> vegan chicken just over and over and over again and it, it was and it was hilarious because <laughs> because you know jordan uh you know I'm sure he's gonna listen to this I don't want to embarrass him by any means but but he's got a very calm demeanor about himself most of the time um and uh one of one of those guys that that he's he's not like really up and down as far as his vocal tones so when he says something funny it's fucking extra hilarious because he says it in the same way that he would say anything else and so so for for those correct calls to to me at least then and i think i had to kind of sell it to the other guys like come on isn't this hilarious um yeah it, it, it was always one of my favorite things to listen to so i had a cop i had like a cassette copy of all of his uh, of, of his uh, crank calls that I used to listen to constantly, and I was like, "This is my friend Jordan doing this stuff." Uh, yeah. it's,
3: it's, it's the deadpan delivery, and the, the chicken deadpan chicken, delivery, like at the, end, like at the end where he just goes, "Oh, well, I guess I'll just have regular chicken day." <laughs> That's fantastic. As if they even,
4: t- as if they even took orders over the phone. <laughs> over oh, the phone, right? <laughs> yeah. We have oh, a choice man. of original or extra crispy. <laughs>
2: So right. um, for I know Popeye's done this before, the, re- uh, the rest of you guys haven't, but what, one of the things we do when we're wrapping up is we have everybody give their hot track uh, on the album, which will be, you know, just it can be just your personal favorite for any number of reasons, whether it was your favorite to record, play live, write, whatever. Um, so I want to start with uh, Mike because, I don't know, I just like, he's Mr. McTernan, I want to put you on the hot seat.
4: Yeah, Mike, you've been you've been way too quiet this whole time, man. Yeah.
2: Get in
7: the mix. Well, you know, I don't know how to use the mute button, so I just want to... <laughs> <laughs> no, so, well... And this just, is for uh, rigged. This isn't like, yeah. however, this is for the rigged record. Uh, so, I don't know if any of you guys remember, but the first time that I actually... Really met you guys So the first Well the first time Was when Worlds Collide Played out there With you guys And Outspoken And then the next summer I came out For some time And you guys were recording And Mike Hartsfield Brought me to the studio And you were doing um, Wait till Monday Um, And uh, And I was like Oh my God. And of course, a stole all my thunder and you guys asked him to sing on it. Not me, but you know, that, that's like, you know, that's been my like moment, the, the whole, he, you know, I could have been so much more in my life if he hadn't stepped in and took, you know, so, uh, uh, so, but yeah, but um, well, my favorite song on there is probably one of my, you know, top three of yours uh, forever is audience. You know, I think that's like, that's like a given. I don't know. It's just something something about that song, I think, because I, it resonated with me so much.
2: The hit wow. single, hit single and smash video. And, it, and it,
7: you know, we so did you guys do the video for that song at that um, Virgin Megastore thing? Is that, yeah. So and I I rode pop I I rode with you no Brian I rode with you to that show somehow and then we went to mother's afterwards. I remember um <laughs> if I think if I'm remembering correctly and then the next day was in San Diego and I rode with Popeye down there in a BMW that he had to start the, uh, start the ignition with a <laughs> screwdriver. So and I have, I have pictures somewhere of, of, of us and Rob Moran, um, at, at some record store, you know, and I'm sitting right next to, uh Rex next to the, um, the cabinet with that says rigged on it. Cause I was like, I'm going to be, have every front cover, me on every front cover of uh, a Far Side record. So, well, because I sat at the desk or cover, because I sat at the desk. There's a picture of me at the desk at your mom's house. And then, yeah. So, but yeah, anyway, so that's, I, I, so that means that record means a lot to me because that's actually, that was the first time I was introduced to Descendants also because Riding down with Popeye and he was like, there are the nuclear nuclear tits.
4: And I was like, that's what, right. What, what is that?
7: Because I had only heard all of before i never listened listened to the descendants so i kind of was backwards but um so yeah that that record has a lot of memories for me but um yeah still Loman, i love him but he stole my thunder
4: (laughs) (laughs) well what were we gonna do with two hefty guys in, in a recording studio when we only need one it's like what are we gonna do with two of you yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We and we'd already, well, we already committed to Loman at that point. Yeah, yeah considering we considering yeah, I, I yeah. had
7: never really <laughs> met you guys before. I understand I've kinda you know, I'm just working out my anger. But I couldn't ask for a better, a better man than him.
4: <laughs> That's but, true. At least at least your thunder was stolen by a good guy. Oh yeah. The best. By a great guy. Yeah. Yep.
3: <laughs> the video for, for audience is another good example of us not taking things seriously. Cause that the, the shots where we're up on the roof playing, where we're lip syncing like she and I thought it would be hilarious to switch instruments. And then, <laughs> and I remember like Bob and I were like, what if we just look super disinterested in what we're doing? <laughs> like, we just couldn't give a shit. But let's let Popeye really like give it his all. And we'll just kind of stand in the back and not, I just thought it was hilarious. It is so not funny in retrospect.
5: <laughs> I hated. I hated that. I hated when. Oh, it's so uncomfortable. I think it was, I, think it was kind I of, hate being on video. This Zoom call. I'm. I'm nervous on Zoom calls. I don't like it. I'm the You look great. Back. You look
4: fantastic.
5: But I, I've seen that video recently, and I'm like, I just hate it. I remember just hating. I'm like, I hate this more than anything. Yeah. I don't want to be in any video at all. Well, if you on the, the drummer. I'm behind the cymbals. Uh, I'm not doing it.
4: Well, I, I think again in retrospect, it probably wasn't a good idea to. Okay, you just played you just played a full set outdoors <laughs> in, in the studio and it's warm. And now we're just going to scoot over here to the side and stand in the sun and, and do some pickup shot. And yeah. We're tired and exhausted. We, yeah, we probably didn't want to do it, but the whole time I'm thinking, God, it feels so bad for Jim Brown. Like Keisha, cause he's the only guy we, we knew with a, with a camera who knew yeah. how, how to film anything. <laughs> and Jim Brown's awesome. And, but I was like, uh, yeah. oh, man, we're just not feeling it, man. Sorry. Not our best work. Man. But now you can go on
2: YouTube and watch it any time you want.
4: <laughs> Magic if, of the internet. If you want to <laughs> torture ahead. yourself, yeah, go right ahead.
2: So, all right, who's, who's who's next?
0: Jason. I think I should jump in because audience is my hot track also. But it's because I love – what I love about hardcore, which separates it from other styles of music, is the – lyrics can connect with you and i was depressed when i heard this record and hearing that do you still talk about me and then that's so that hit me but then also to follow that up with it means you know it sounds so silly but it means so much to me i love that and so that's that's one of my favorite hardcore songs just in general Wow. so you wow. think
2: only hardcore lyrics can resonate with you
0: they just do, you know that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just fucking. <laughs> they hit well, you. They can do that to you. You know and that's important, and that's what I love hardcore. Yeah. I'm and sorry, and I didn't mean to get too deep. No, it's man, not I, like
7: I, I, poetic I, I, necessarily. It's like that's honest. what exactly, and, and that's what that's what I love about a lot of your lyrics is that they're not necessarily poetic by the or artistic in the general terms of musicians. They're just honest. Like, yes. okay, I'm going to write the first thing that comes to mind, and I'm going to stick with it. And I don't know if that's how, how you are when you write, but it, some, of, some of the lines just sound like, wow, that sounds like that was something he would say.
3: Wow. Yeah. It's why very I, stream of conscious, kind of. And, 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 and I think this was – sorry to cut you off. I, I, no. I think this was – I know this isn't the right podcast, but I think that was particularly true on, on the Monroe Doctrine – um, maybe partly because I know what a lot of those songs are, are about, and, and I don't think like the like you know, somebody who just bought the record isn't going to know, but just that putting pen to paper, and this is what's going to come out, and I'm going to refine it a little bit, but this is very, very honest. Um, yeah, it's it, it, it really lands.
0: Yeah,
4: yes, I guess that's Popeye. Oh, thanks, bro. Appreciate that. I agree. (laughs) Well, thank. We all agree. Everyone agrees. Okay, that's kind. Nice of you to say. Um, (laughs) No, I I guess as far as lyric writing, it was, it it was. To me, it was more. It was like journaling. I know. I think I mentioned that earlier in the in the podcast. Like it was. Yeah, like I guess a stream of consciousness kind of way. Uh, I don't know if I would put that term to it because that sounds like something an intelligent person would do. (laughs) <laughs> um, but jur- but journaling it's like yeah just okay you're you're having some thoughts t- take pen in hand and just start you know make a pot of coffee and get a fresh pack of cigarettes and just start writing shit down and then hopefully turn it into a song yeah. Yeah. but it means it means it means the world to me that it uh and the, and the thing is like like it was never a goal to try to write anything with the mindset of all right, I'm going to write this song that's going to connect with people and it's going to matter to people. And it's going to change people. Yeah. It's just like, it's just like, no, man, this is just what happened to me today. That's it.
3: Well, that, that's why it connects because if you had tried that, it would have felt forced and 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 people would have seen through it. But this is just, this is a guy that's writing for himself and it just, luckily enough, it connects with other people. Mm-hmm. I don't luckily. think it would have worked. I, I don't think it would have worked any other way.
4: Yeah, I think so. Absolutely. I think so too. Yeah. Indeed.
2: So who's next for hot track?
4: I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with audience. I'm gonna switch things up and say audience. Um, um, we haven't talked about audience.
2: Um, that's your hot track too,
4: audience. Uh, I've I've got uh, uh, I've I've actually I've actually got I've got three, and I and I can't pick a favorite because I love all of my children. Um, I uh, I, yeah, I I I love audience. Like like I'm really proud of the 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 songwriting of it i hated playing that live because the end was always a challenge for us the yeah bob i could see bob
5: <laughs> i was even off right there <laughs> yeah.
4: it was always it was always it was like are we going to get it this time like we could just we could just never hear each other and, it, and we would there was like a 50/50 chance that we were going to come in at the same time at that ending um <laughs> But in the in the studio, I love the way it came out. I and I am super proud of the the uh, the whole songwriting effort, and everybody contributed. You know, everybody you know puts their own thumbprint on it. Um, my other one is is uh, Square One, just because I love how ballsy it is to come in. Like, there's nothing like starting off an album with an open E chord,
3: bow, because you can just. Is that- was that the first song that you guys did, um, before I joined that, that you wrote?
4: I believe so. Yeah.
3: Is it the one that Rob called the circus?
4: He called every song I tried to bring to practice.
3: The circus.
4: <laughs> <laughs> he just thought there were too many notes and stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, yeah, I, I I always, I always loved, uh, I always loved square one. And I, I loved that, uh, that long pause with the heavy feedback and Kevin, you were always such a master at getting the best feedback. Like I could never do that. And I was like, how do you do that? And you would just, you can go out and get a bite. You know, the sustain is really great. (laughs) Um, um, yes, I love that. But, uh, I think my all around favorite is silver anniversary. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, Amber agrees with you. All right. Good. That's good. her favorite song. Good. All right. Good. Thanks. I'm upset you don't play it though.
2: I'm gonna I'm gonna go because that's my hot track. All right. Uh Silver Anniversary. I think what I love about that one is I, I always mention who's do, but I think about like um like the song Flip Your Wig, the dueling vocals of Grant and Bob, and this is like yeah. that, and there's just that ending with the, the octave guitars. Um it's an epic song and I love that both of you guys sing on it. And, uh, so that's my hot track.
4: Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. Yeah. I I love that. It was, uh, that it was a duet. Kevin, Kevin pretty much wrote that thing from beginning to end. And it was, it was really all him. Um, but he just said, "Uh, yeah, no, you're going to sing this part. It's going to be a duet. And I'm like, really? And I thought that was really interesting. It's cool. Um, uh, and with yeah. the and and Chu playing the 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 bass with the distortion pedal, just just gave it so much heaviness and awesomeness and um, and uh, and it was a and it was another situation and uh, and uh, Kevin, I'm not going to ask you to divulge on this, but Kevin told me the story behind the lyrics and they really hit me and and I really connected with those as with that as well. Um, I just and. I loved playing that song live. I just loved how loud it was. And even though it's not a... Even though the tempo isn't super up speed, it just felt like we were playing the hardest song ever. Like just the ballsiest, toughest song ever. And I just loved that song.
3: I remember when we were first Outcats. putting it together at practice, like telling like telling Chu that, it, that the way that I envisioned it was was to have distortion on the bass. And then I think I think you came in with distortion like a couple practice practices later and you were like, What about this? And I was like, Oh shit, that is that distortion is destructive sounding. It's fantastic. <laughs> it was yeah, so good. I,
5: that's my obviously my favorite part as well of that, of that song is just when it breaks down to me and Chu playing, that's just just fun for me to listen to and just love that distortion. And well. the
3: way Chu, the way Chu plays it. Because mm-hmm. it alternates. So it's like, do, 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 And then it just, and then second time it holds it. But like, you, you, I think you're playing with your fingers on that. And just the sound of it, when you're doing that, do, 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 do. Something about that is just fantastic. It sounds so good.
4: It's got a funky like, beat and that can jam to it. Yeah, a yeah. Yeah, yeah,
5: like,
2: funky beat. But like, just <laughs> like how I can't, you, you couldn't start this off with anything besides square one. You couldn't end it with anything besides uh someday too soon
5: they're like perfect bookends for it
6: wow yeah to
5: to continue on that i think those are my probably two favorite someday too soon just because i was trying to be better and and uh i just like at least as as far as my part being kind of selfish like it's not my favorite track that i recorded as far as quality and how i did but I know what I was trying to do. And I think I was for me personally, it, which probably isn't anything to anyone, but that, that that was just fun for me to try to play. And uh, I don't know, it, it was good, but square one's a great pick as well. So,
4: Well, you know, uh, someday, Bob, someday too soon that all started because that opening drum beat was something you would just do. Right. You would, you would just be fucking around when we'd be at practice, like when you were like warming up or when you were, waiting for Kevin and I to stop goofing off and we could play a song, he would just start going <speaking in Spanish> That's
5: right, that's right. And you guys started coming up with stuff and it turned into a song, right.
4: Yeah.
3: That's I think that's one of the best I think that's the best part about that song is that I think of all of the songs that we've done, that one is the one where all four of us contributed equally. Um mm. and you uh. know,
4: Uh, Well, anyway, yeah. Well, and and if you want to well, if you want to talk about Page for a minute, um, that's another one of my favorites and another perfect example to me at least of we just we made something up with Bob uh, having an idea and saying like I don't know how to play an instrument but I think I wrote a song and (laughs) and he showed up to practice and he just started humming okay. cleared his throat like 15 times. It was like, <laughs> you literally did that. We were like, you mean like this? And he's like, no, not, not really like that. But like, can you do like this? And we're, and you know, we're all standing there with our instruments. And then we finally figured out the riff and you're like, yeah, like that. We're like, yeah, okay. I, very true. I remember. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going <laughs> to say that. And that, and that's how that started. Like you, you didn't show up like, Okay, so we're going to start with um, a a G7s or whatever. You were just like, I got a thing. And you started humming a thing. And we just knew how to pick up on each other and work together. And just like what Kevin was saying, like collaboratively, we wrote a song. You got all the credit in the world for it. That was the only song we ever, you know, it was was on an episode of Party of Five. And we got paid $500 for it. We felt (laughs) like millionaires. Oh, Hav, you asked about that.
1: Hav said like, he's like, this sounds like... I don't. Like I, I kind of remember that it was on a TV show, and I was like, "It sounds like it should be in a TV show." if It's not, but (laughs) I remember that it it was. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. It wasn't Party of Five, though. That's not some weird Mandela effect for me.
4: No, it was. uh, It was on Party Party of Five. five. Yeah, I remember getting some Sony.
1: (laughs) We had to sign something from Sony, or I don't know. Two of my favorite things in the world come together finally that's hilarious <laughs> there you
5: go kevin get, getting back to that i remember you're right pop i had just like one little riff that i i play this play this but i remember you guys you're at, just like you said you're asking me like this and you're playing it. i'm like no don't you get it and you're like it's like this oh, no, no we no, don't no. i'm get trying it. to sing it and i'm like i don't know how to say it and then finally you were trying it and i was like that's wrong kevin tries it that's wrong mike tries it now and then she was Everyone's trying, and then Kevin—I remember vividly—Kevin came up with it and goes, "Is it like this?" No, 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 no. I'm like, "That's it right there." I just remember calling. I'm like, "My job is done here." (laughs) (laughs) And they, and then you guys just did everything else. I just followed, followed along. (laughs) So,
3: like on a high note, like George Costanza. (laughs) Uh,
4: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right,
2: Kevin, you have a hot track.
3: Um, we know I know it's not Buck,
5: it's not Buck. <laughs> I like Buck, Kev. It's fun to play.
0: Yeah,
4: that, well, I, I love l- playing that because all I had to do was play guitar. I loved it.
3: Um, uh, I think, I think Silver <laughs> Anniversary and 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 Someday Too Soon, I always think of them as one song. Um, because I think, like Two was saying, it it. Um, it closes the album really well, um, and Silver Anniversary. I was like I said, that was that was an old. The, the main riff was a full on one thing that never never landed. Um, but I really liked uh, trading the vocals with Popeye, and like I said, I loved choose bulldozer bass on that. Um, and it was it was a tough one to. To do um, because of of the the, the lyrics and uh, the the song is about my uh, parents uh, who are I mean they're they're still married it's they've been married fifty three years now I think fifty two um, but and, and I don't know if they're going to listen to this or not I, I don't mm-hmm. know if they know the technology um, <laughs> but they 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 should have divorced like really early on but they never did and I think part of that was being Irish Catholic you just you don't you don't get divorced right and and I remember being like as a kid you know kids kids would you know that I knew would be like oh my god my parents are getting divorced it's awful and I'd be like what the fuck man like that's that's the dream. Like no more yelling, it's quiet at the house, you can two Christmases, you're fucking nuts. Um laugh. And, so and so that's that's what the song is is about, is, is living in this household where at at least you know when I was twenty or, or however old I was when I wrote that, it felt like I like living in a house where, where all of the love had just left. And it was just this empty building where people were forced to live together. I don't think that anymore. Now, now that now that I have like a like a much better relationship with my parents, and I'm much older, and and we're kind of on the same page. Like I get it, and and I see it. But at the time, it was it was it was a tough one. Um, someday too soon. I think the song leads into it perfectly, um, and and. Like I said, I, I like that it was organic, that we all contributed to it. I love Bob's drums. Um, towards the end of the song, there's there's a fill that, that Bob does. It's like... And it is just flawless, and it fits so perfectly. Um, and and the, the production that Jim gave to the drums is just beautiful. Um, and I really like... Um, you guys know the, the Talking Heads album? Um, I think it's Remain in Light. Um, it's got like Cross-Eyed and Painless. And, and Anyway, like David Byrne and those guys, when they were recording it, they were listening to a lot of African music out of like, like Nigeria and Zambia and stuff. And one of the things they picked up on was this idea that you would have the same kind of riff go for the entire song, and then you would build on top of that. So if you listen to like Once in a Lifetime, like, like next time you hear that song, listen to the bass. Like the bass never changes. It, it goes cor- chorus, oh, pers- yeah. chorus, bridge, but the bass is the same. It's incredible. And that song is almost like that. It's, it's Chew and Bob are playing the same thing, and then Popeye and I are kind of weaving above it until you get to that middle part. Um, and I like that because I feel like that middle part is unexpected because we've kind of like lulled you into this like it's just going to keep doing this over and over and then it drops down into E and 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 gets a little bit heavier. And um yeah, I just I really like that song. I love the way it ends. Um I mean, it, it sounds pompous, but I was very happy with um, with that guitar thing at the end. I'm not gonna oh, call it like a, oh, I'm not going to call it a solo, but it just, was a just, solo.
4: I I loved it it too. Just like, yeah. We don't do this, but we're
3: doing it
5: now. Like, we don't do that. But
3: But I think the thing I like about it is it's super sloppy. Like, I'm not hitting notes there. I'm just like beating the shit out of the guitar. And I think that that's
5: what's cool about it. I think it's what fits with it
3: with the feeling of the song. Because, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Popeye. I think the song is just about sitting around contemplating death.
4: Just lying in bed, like, <laughs> yeah, everybody's gonna die. All yep. right, no. <laughs> falling for a Which,
3: You know, at fifty years old, I think about that a lot. A lot, <laughs> yes. <Yep.
5: laughs> yeah, that's just a it's just a fun song to play, in my opinion. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> I just love the heavy. I love the heavier stuff. Like for us, because a lot of it was a little lighter which is fine but when we got to would Ke- i think kevin brought a welcome little hint of darkness which i liked oh you know, definitely you know you know definitely oh, you know how i feel and then so yeah. when we got and i don't even know how to explain it just by sound for me certain things sounded it just made me feel cooler as i was playing i was like oh this is awesome right here i, I love playing this whatever they're playing whatever note this is i'm liking it
4: <laughs> <laughs> I remember you said yeah. that on more than one occasion Like, come on, bro, write something heavy <laughs> <laughs> Write something heavy, man <laughs> <laughs> <Shit. We're> like, <laughs> alright <laughs> And no one wanted to do, uh, <laughs> No one wanted to get into an argument with Bob So, uh, we would just <laughs> yeah. we do what you tell that us ring. Stop <laughs>
1: Last one, Javier uh, Weird that I'm the outlier here With the hot track And right. uh, the aforementioned Page um mm. I fucking love that song. And for the longest time I misinterpreted the lyrics because all I ever hear is the one like happy line in the whole song, which is it's another sunny day in sunny Southern <laughs> California, which it is today. It's very warm already. Oh yeah. Already much today. Oh, yeah. Very nice. And I, I've said before that song just sounds like writing up PCH in a convertible, especially like that opening guitar riff. And now that I know that it was on Party of Five, also, like I'm super stoked.
4: <laughs> like, I'll never be able to like not think about that. Um, so never look at Neve Cabell the same way again. <laughs> well, not th- I, well, let's not
1: get into not in it all that. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> I I also like it did take a while for the lyrics of that song to sink in and really understand or or try and understand what it was about. And I actually wanted to ask you if that was about a friend actually passing away or just going out of your life.
4: Um it was it was about Rob Hayworth leaving the band.
0: Wow. Yeah.
4: You know, wow. Um because we, we 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 struggled, uh, uh, Brian and Bob and I. We didn't know, we didn't know what to do when when Rob left the band because he's the one that put it together in the first place, and we we weren't sure what to do. Like we were like, is it okay if we keep doing this band or I don't know, you know? And and at that point, Rob had written, you know, other than you know, one song that I wrote that was on Rochambeau, Rob had written everything and we just, we didn't know what to do. Um, and we talked about it for a long time and we decided, yeah, we can keep this going. I think that'd be okay. Um, and then, uh, and then, yeah, of course, Kevin joined the band and took the band in a, in a different direction, so to speak. Um, but, and I, I just kind of felt like, uh, you know, things things had gotten a little tumultuous uh, between Rob and me. I know, and I will I will admit that. Just kind of based on part of it was based on where we wanted the band to go, and also where we were going in our personal lives. And I felt like I felt like I needed to. I wanted to. I wanted to document. I wanted to document it but I also felt like I needed to at least pay him some respect mm. for putting the band together in the first place. It's it's not necessarily a love song um as, as much as it is just about like well here's here's just how it is. This is and this is what it is and life goes on and we got we all got to move on and go in our different directions and and turning you got to turn that page once yeah. in a while.
1: Keep going. Yeah. Was there a time when Kevin was playing guitar and you were just singing, or did you pick up that guitar kind of right away?
4: Um, the, that, yeah, that actually happened. Um, me playing guitar happened during, uh, yeah, during, during the Rochambeau days. Cause mm-hmm. after Rochambeau came out, um, Rob was, uh, that's when Zach De La Rocha was playing with us for a while, uh, mm-hmm. playing second guitar. Um, and then Zach left <laughs> the band and then Rob was like, "Yeah, we should keep doing this." So, and I know you know how to play guitar. Why don't you play guitar and sing at the same time? And I'm like, mm-hmm. "I, I, I don't want to do that. That frightens the hell out of me." And I've never done that before. Rob encouraged me to just at least try, and uh, so I just like practiced a lot. And then, and then, and then I was amazed that I was like, oh, "I'm kind of able to do this. This is this is wonderful."
1: I have this um, um, Far Side budget lyric sheet here. That's uh, got a, a drawing of you, <laughs> just singing, and it's got everybody else playing their instruments. I, I picked this up at a show so that I could read along and and hear the words that you're singing before the album came out in summer of 1993.
4: It says here, um, oh, those are those ha- those have to be Kevin's drawings."
1: Yo, and this yeah. is an eight and a half by fourteen um, piece of paper, which is the weirdest eagle like, size. I see <laughs> why? Why? That's that's going on the gram baby. Yeah. It's it's a really strange size and on the side here it says it's written before it was photocopied it says into another June 26th at the Macondo. So someone was trying to advertise for another show here. And also <laughs> the lyrics to um someday too soon or no, the lyrics to silver anniversary it says song 10 uh so maybe the 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 song wasn't titled yet when the budget name for it the yeah. budget lyrics uh, came out interesting. Is page on there uh yeah it's actually pretty much in order uh except for nice isn't on here it's square one page buck gesture kill me song 10 and someday too soon huh. wow so, god that's so cool uh, is that
5: is that the one where there's a dirt bike above my head yes I'm you're yeah. thinking of a dirt bike with your long <laughs> oh, luscious hair if um, i if i was into tattoos i'd let you tattoo me like that <laughs> on my chest i love that
1: kevin's thinking of uh kiss, kiss. yeah true <laughs> uh, thinking of pizza and popeye's just thinking about hardcore <laughs> and go and uh, finger pointing. We need that on a shirt. Yeah, i was uh, this okay. ever on a shirt? These these photo, these pictures. No, don't don't so. So. It should be. Uh, We're gonna make a bootleg. We're gonna make a wet bootleg. Just these. Bootleg. It's not gonna say diddy far words. side anywhere. It's just gonna have these
4: drawings. You guys all
6: Yeah.
3: Go so,
1: it. last question. Oh Are we? Hold wait, on. wait, wait,
4: wait! Hold on. Real, real quick. I, need, there, I need to process that. paper. <laughs> Come on, give me a sec. <laughs> I totally forgot about that thing, Kevin.
3: That was do you guys thing. remember? Do you remember the working title for Page? No. The Sprite Song.
4: Oh. <laughs> what? Uh, uh, oh song. yeah, a, yeah. Because it sounded like this, the, the Sprite commercial
3: it sounded like it could be a commercial Oh yes, it's it's
1: very that riff that riff is very commercial like it sounds like you could put it on any kind of advertisement and it fits but in a good way because it is so like it's like uplifting and then it breaks (laughs) into the lyrics of the song and you're like oh
3: and now you guys know the secret that the guy in the band that likes the heaviest music Wrote the, the poppy wrote song. The
2: poppy song. No. <laughs> oh, right. Commercial.
1: Yeah. Oh, That's awesome. Are we ever gonna see you guys play as a band again? We have to know. We gotta know.
4: Well, probably not. I don't know.
3: Man, who, who, who there's a who, lot of things that complicate
4: it. I'm just gonna yeah. say no because we've. <laughs> I've wanted to for a
5: long time, and others don't. So it's a no. It's a heavy no. They won't. They won't because people and i don't know how to play drums anymore
4: it. yeah <laughs> it would be terrible
1: <laughs> people want to see it yeah you know rev, rev 35 is coming 35 up 35 next very year. soon i'm just putting it out there it's going to probably be at the garden amp in garden grove california and we have some people yeah. who, we know some people who
4: could put you on the show i'm just saying <laughs> Um no, no, that's wonderful, but it it was hard enough to get the four of us coordinated on this podcast at the same time. Like
1: it, it was hard enough to get this album recorded in eight months, apparently.
4: Yeah, exactly. Like oh, too. So maybe nah. Rev 40. <laughs> Start planning about, now yeah. for Rev 40. Maybe Re- Rev 60 might be a little more realistic. <laughs> we, we can hold off. That'll give us time to rehearse a few times. Yeah. Uh maybe twice. Yeah. But
2: just throwing it out there that you know it's I feel like it's all the bands, like I'm trying to think of the stuff in the in the era of Rev that we're in right now, where Iceburn Iceburn have a new record <clears throat> coming out this yeah.
3: month. Yeah, uh, and Southern Sh- Nord, right? mm-hmm. yeah, Southern Lord, right?
2: That's crazy. Yeah, so, uh, Shades Apart had a record last year. Yeah, um, you know, I mean, Sensefield sadly obviously can't you know In, aren't into another anything, but omens, into another omens yeah.
1: featuring far side uh ex far side brian Balcheck. oh um, um, yeah great, great what record. else from, what else am i missing from that
2: just basically so many from that era have either reunited or are reunited and it was always like kind of like oh, where, where's far side
4: so we're, we're not big on cardio
2: <laughs> fair enough
4: Fair enough. Well, I'm. Oh no, I'm, no. We were. Hey, come on, man. We were. We were joking about drinking beforehand, but we we were on a group text before before we got on this, and I don't know whose idea it was to say, "Hey, we should all get totally drunk while we're doing it." And <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's kind of happening. I don't know who. Did, I think we all. Well, Kevin's like, I got a Belgian beer, and I'm like, I got a I got a jug of pre-mixed margaritas i'm gonna go there brian's like yeah i'm gonna take a rip let's just do this man um yeah so clearly we're not spending our sunday you know on the treadmill it's a typical day so
3: i think i think the thing that makes it really tough though is we we all live very far apart we at this point we're kind of living in four corners of the country um i have i i I sold my. I I think I sold "quote unquote" my guitar to Popeye back in <laughs> the, the was, Telecaster back in 2002 yeah. or something.
4: Yeah, it was in the early 2000s. Yeah, yeah,
3: and I have never bought another guitar. I don't. I don't play guitar anymore. Um, so I'd have to relearn everything, and it would be le- relearning it from scratch. Um, Popeye, I know you. You and I have talked. You You can't hit those notes, and I can't mm-hmm. hit those notes. No. And it would just. It would be. Bad. Yeah. And, and, you know, like, like, so, like Greg, like, you're, you're a big, like, who's guy. Right. If, if, if Bob got and, he, and you know, Grant passed on, or whatever, but let's say he did, and, and he gets Grant and, and Greg, and they put the band together, and you're all ants, and you go see him, and they're fucking terrible. Like, <laughs> it be would ruin. be heartbreaking. <laughs> it would be heartbreaking. Exactly. It would ruin all of the good memories you have. You would never forget it, and you would always associate it with that because because inevitably like all of these bands that have that have reformed and done these reunions not all of them are great and then when mm. you see it you're like ah i wish i hadn't seen that yeah. and i don't want i don't want to do that because i'm very proud of of what we did and i you know i definitely think we could have done way more i mean bob and i've had this conversation i I have so many regrets about about how how i kind of like was was lazy about the whole thing but that said i'm very very proud of of what we did and i always used to joke like with with the other guys in the band and i would say things like like we're the best band on on this label and we'd play with other bands and i'd be like we blew those guys off the stage and and i think they would always kind of like laugh like oh that's hilarious you know this this fake ego or whatever, but I wouldn't have done it if if I wasn't that happy with what we were doing, um, and so I wouldn't want to put people through that, and I wouldn't want to do that to myself. So that's just, that's kind of the selfish way of, of of looking at just it from from my perspective at least.
2: No, I, I I respect it. I mean, it's the same thing with like you know when they would ask Ian Mackay about like minor threat. He's like, you don't want to see us. I don't want to see,
1: I don't want to see a minor
2: right. threat. You yeah. Know. Like he's like, not you, don't, no you don't want to see us playing these songs. We wrote when we were 18, 19, no. like I'm not doing it. Yeah, no, And um, so I think there's, I, I absolutely I, respect I, your decision. Yeah.
1: After hearing you explain it, I get it. And, and okay, I'll let you have it. You don't have to play Rev 35. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should come
4: hang out. Thanks, why out. Out, sure. yeah. I
1: already knew their
5: feeling about it. So that's why I kind of said, I'll just answer for them. Do you play <laughs> but, uh, drums ever? You know like, uh, do do? Uh, I, not, not really, to be honest with I teach my kids and um, I'll go out in the garage and, and gel out and play kind of lightly. And yeah, so I still have two kits in my garage. They're not really set up that well, but uh, they're not regularly. But uh, I, I'll go on there to see if I still have it. And I, I can do this. And sometimes I disappoint myself badly. <laughs> but then I'm like, and then I hear when I hear Crate, like really good drumming, I get depressed. I'm like, I, I could never do that. Why do I even try? Like, this sometimes I just don't plan for that reason. But it's, it's bad to hear because I never thought I was up, you know, that like great. But then when I hear it, I start playing. I'll be like, "Nah, just stay off." The neighbors don't want to hear this shit. Right now. So, yeah, because that's, really.
2: that's one of the <laughs> things I was going to ask is like, for those that have kids, you know, are they curious about? this? Yes. like is that I, a mystery I'll, to I'll
5: answer. I'll answer that because, well, for me, because I, I wanted to do a couple of. Re- I'm like, I'll do it. What do you? What do you? What are you guys thinking? We can do it. I can. I can give me three months and we're good as far as my part. I can't speak for the rest. <laughs> Papa I, can still do it, I think. And, uh, so I just, I made the statement. I just want to, I just want my kids to think I'm cool one time before I pass. <laughs> <laughs> I get too old yeah. where I couldn't do it for them to be on the side of the drum set on a stage, watching their dad. I would just be looking over, just laughing and be so fun to giggle. With yeah. Them. No, I, I that's so, one of the things so that's kind of one of the reasons why I, but I totally understand what Kevin means and kind of, think it's probably safe a safe bet for us not to do it because i've been disappointed when we thought we were good as well <laughs> playing live yeah when we were like, hey, we band really
3: suck yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. we would beat ourselves up yeah yeah, yeah if we, we had a bad show
6: yeah so i mean if, if anything we should go back and re-record because that thing is horrible <laughs> 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 yeah <laughs> Can you unmaster uh, it and, and start and the farset album that never came out. Right? Did y'all have like another album that you you put out? Like you had material for all the album, right?
5: We, Pop and I were talking about that. We I thought we had more than we I'm did out again. Yeah, Pop, I thought we had seven or eight more songs, and then before <laughs> no, <laughs> no, we did. But not. Kev, Pop, yeah, Pop said <laughs> we had like three. But Kevin, I thought <laughs> we did. Don't you remember when we were sending I... you tapes?
4: Oh, the stuff that was on scrap. That was that was uh, that that got yeah that that Chew and Kevin released. Oh, on Oh, I thought I was, you were
5: talking about the. I, I, I misunderstood him. I thought you meant did we have more? I thought I heard you <laughs> say did we have more?
4: Oh, like uh, songs. Already, I gotcha. Right. No, I could. I'm sorry, Brian. I couldn't hear you. Um,
3: yeah, no, I, I think was, we had a couple.
5: I thought we had like six or seven at least. And that's why I was kind of bummed, Kevin, you know, that when Kevin kind of didn't want to do it anymore. And I was kind of bummed because I was like, dude, we just worked like eight months in Hill Propellers. And that was a damn waste of time again. We should have recorded that. I just wanted to record it because I like to at least get your stamp on it and make the album and like be proud of what we made, which I am very much of all the other stuff. But I thought we had a couple more left, but apparently we only had two. (laughs) says, who gives a damn now yeah right. well no. i
4: mean I, well i mean i mean kevin's a a, a living encyclopedia of so uh, kevin always had too many songs he had too many songs man mm-hmm. um yeah mine i i was uh it would take me like three months to write and one uh so i was a little little more of a slow worker than kevin was but uh that's
3: no i had too many riffs
4: yeah, too I, many they, riffs. They never
3: translated into actual, no actual a, songs. No such thing as
4: too many riffs. <laughs>
3: well, if there are, and they just end up lying around, and you don't do anything with them.
2: Yeah, I guess so. That-
3: and then it's just, you know, I've got this great riff. Cool. What are you going to do with it? Uh-huh. That's, up uh-huh. you you it <laughs> That's up to you. Figure it
2: out. Yeah, get it stuck in your head till the end of time. Well, yep. guys, seriously, thank you so much. Yeah, I'm glad this that this awesome. is not the last Far Side record that we have to talk about. Um, There are two more. We would love love to have all of you back. Uh, We have the self titled, and of course, we have the Monroe Doctrine. So Uh, we got
4: to do this again. um, Do it for uh, Jordan.
2: Do it for Jordan.
1: if you want you know i'm i actually and we're we're gonna get to it um because kingdom of lost souls is on rev and we all love that record well thank you Um,
2: the best i think it's the best damnation record i let's agree not go crazy
0: let's i agree. that it is remember best best, <laughs> best. jason i'm think saying, about. let's best, not go crazy but think about best and i'm favorite. thinking about it i'm thinking think about sonic think of sonically <laughs> yes, i am think, think, th- recording riffs. wise i and riffs
2: the whole thing just flowing together it's i'm thinking one. about
0: that and all I right. disagree with you both. <laughs> wow. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I'm hey, sorry. I question, love all Damnation. I'm just saying. My it's question, the best though, one, and
2: it happens to be my favorite as well.
0: Yeah. Uh, no More Dreams is the best one, without a doubt. That is Misericordia untrue. Misericordia is my favorite.
1: Okay. I'll
0: give you that. My That's question, where I'm at. Though, I'm sorry.
1: My question, though, is will Damnation AD play at Rev 35 and just Ooh. play that album all the way through?
7: Um. I mean... <sighs> I, I always say, no, I'm done. Mm. And I, I, I even said that. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yesterday I said, no, I'm done. But when, when it comes to, you know, like people like you guys who are so passionate about something that, you know, I just feel so honored that to be recognized because I've, you know, it, it, it kind of goes back to like audience, you know, it makes, I've felt that way my whole life. Like, I've never mattered. And, you know, and then like, wow, you know, I've touched someone with something I've done. Then when someone's like, Hey, can you do this? I have a hard time saying no, even though I want to desperately (laughs) and I, and I regret it the moment, you know, but then I'm like, you know what? Okay. That was worth it. So I would, you know, especially for someone like Jordan or, or any, you know, yeah, just um, if we were asked, we would do it. So that's basically my my long long well, answer. So. Just out I would there. want to hear
0: more songs than uh, than just that. Yeah,
1: record. I mean, absolutely. But you know, yes. that's the Rev record. But yes, it would have to be a, a great, greatest. I but you know, what? we'd play the keyboard part. We, I, Yo, I, I got I, I love There's that mess, keyboard part. Mess some here, well, but I think we, the three of us that. would have the three of us would have to get together and write out a set list and submit it to the band okay. i think because we're super fans and so just
7: throwing well, it out. so we um we play that song at well the past couple of years anytime we've played and ken just does it as a sample mm. so he, oh, runs, okay. he runs samples through the whole set mm. and so now the way he does it is we have to have a click track mm-hmm. and we just run the samples so if i mess up somewhere in between there's no turning back um, so, but yeah, so we, we have actually have done that one. Cause that's, that's a song that Ken wrote about me. Um, you know, like how I just kind of like who I am as a person and, and, you know, kind of like, I have to be okay with everything if I'm going to get by, I don't know. It's hard to describe, but anyway, so I like playing that because I've grown so much as a person and, it, it was his, like, kind of like, you got to wake up and, and, it, you know, realize this shit. Like, you're your biggest enemy. And mm-hmm. that's kind of the way that song went. But anyway, so yeah, uh, but we do play that. And I really enjoy it because it's something that I finally, it took a shit, 30 years of therapy to realize. And now I finally do.
0: Yeah. I won't spoil what my hot track is, but I will say that I was, Kingdom of Lost Souls came out and I was like, I'm not crazy about this yet. And I got tattooed by Matt Rinks at his house mm-hmm. and he was tapped and he tattooed this black cat on me, uh-huh. beat up black cat for good luck. And he was like, no, 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 you need to listen to this song. And he played that song with the keyboards. And I was like, Yo, this is fucking awesome. So, <laughs> so for the rest of my life, I'll remember that song. But oh, that's nice. awesome! I won't, I won't spoil that's my your hot track.
2: track. That's <laughs> <your> hot <laughs> track. <I can't> spoil <laughs> my hot track.
0: I'm just saying, I'll remember that, and I might even retell that story. I might retell that war story when yeah, we I'd come of, six
2: years when we get to that record. Yeah, or yeah. The hell. yeah.
7: Don't worry. By the end of the night, I'll forget
2: because my memory. Okay,
7: is fine. Fair, yeah. <laughs> it's weird. And so this is something that's interesting about the whole Far Side thing. Like that was right before I started having major seizures. So there's so many little things that if I think hard I can remember. Mm -hmm. Like I kind of had to dig it up. But then there's anything after 95, I barely remember it all. But then I started thinking, like, wow, you know, like I remember like little bits and pieces. And it's so it was kind of neat. So yeah, I just I spent eight hours driving on uh on Friday, and I just a lot of the time I just spent thinking like okay let me think about these things that happened because that's kind of before my memory just disappeared. And so it was kind of fun.
1: Mm. Mike, what's your favorite Farside side record?
7: Um, I think um, probably the, um, I, I, Oh my God, it's so hard, but I, I'm probably Monroe Doctrine. No, you know what? I think the self-titled. Mm. Um, mainly, I knew you were going to say that for some reason. Mainly because, and this this is something that you know, because um, when he was coming up with all wait today, I was out there and I was sitting with Travis, who was an outspoken. Mm. It was they were, it was like the week of the outspoken's final. Well, what was supposed to be their final show, mm. Popeye was there and just sat down on the floor and was just like starting to strum a song and was like, yeah, this is a song I'm working on, and it was that. So I have such a attachment to that song because it's just such a beautiful song, too. But, but I love all of their stuff, so it's kind of hard to pick. Like, I can pick favorite songs from each album, sure. but it's hard to, you know, it's, yeah, I'm not good at
1: picking. Well, what did Popeye say? I love all my children, so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure that's hard as, you know, someone who, if you're in a band and you have a big catalog of work, I'm sure that it's hard to pick favorite albums, favorite songs, you know, um, there's definitely like songs that I participated in where I'm like, this is, I think our best work, this is our finest work. Um, but to, to pick, you know, to narrow it down sometimes it it can be hard. Um, and I thought it was really interesting hearing Kevin Murphy say how proud he was of the body of work that Farside created. That was a really nice kind of way to wrap that whole episode up. I thought. Yeah, I agree. And it's it's like it's nice
2: that they kind of can see the impact. Yeah, and, Cue and the I, I, I do. Yeah. <laughs> I do, res- I do really respect their decision to say like, yeah, we're not going to do this again.
0: Hey, real yeah, quick, Yeah. Kevin Murphy was in this band called adult crash. That's really good. That came out like 2000. It came out like sort of recently. Someone said, yeah, they played DC and they played at St. Stephen's. Maybe it's really good. Well, I didn't he ask him about it. Gu- was it before? Yeah,
2: 2002? he did. Yeah. It must've
0: been before 2000. And when he said he sold his guitar. Maybe yeah, you said
2: I,
7: 2002?
1: Yeah. Let me I wanted see. To, I wanted to ask him about the red guitar that he played at the beginning of Far Side. And that was, I think he played it in 411 as well. Uh, is it in, my cassette version doesn't have the pictures of all of the instruments. Is it on the the CD insert? Doesn't it have pictures of like all of the individual?
3: Yeah. The LP yeah. does
1: too. Yeah so what is, is what are we looking at i don't know is there a red guitar on there
0: yes and it's got these cool little yeah it's got, got these officer officers. stickers
1: yeah 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 i was gonna ask him what happened to that guitar yeah that that thing yeah interesting i, lo- I always loved the um downy box on the back like the um, it's covering up like where the the the, the like the circuit would be. It's like he took it off and lost it, and he just fucking put whatever would fit on there. I always thought that that was so punk and cool to see. And it is indicative of what you said about how this album, all of the little components on the layout just kind of look fun. yeah, and and then seeing them live, hearing the between the song banter, it wasn't serious. And you could tell, at the at the time in the moment sensefield was serious and they w- were doing this rock thing but our side yeah. was like hey what's up guys we're just here to play some fucking songs for you let's fucking go it's cool and you could really tell the difference between the the two when and when the thing is, is they were serious about writing songs like, absolutely it's
2: not, like they were, it's not a like, joke it's the way that i look at like um the replacements or the descendants
0: there you go where they're like it's
2: it's about having fun but that does that doesn't mean that the lyrical you know uh, topics or the music is tossed off mm-hmm. and one of the things I think it, it,
7: it just by their discussion today they're also gracious you know mm. where it is really serious and we all take it seriously as fans of them. And they acknowledge that and but and they're so willing to open up about it. And that's always I mean, I I have sometimes I've become very close with Popeye over the years, and I sometimes have a hard time separating my being a fan of Farside and him, my friendship with him, because I nerd out so much. Yeah, that happens to
1: me all the time with fans too. Like the line is very, very blurry. Yeah.
7: And, mm-hmm. you know, but I'm so thankful that he, he's so, he's, you know, just like, okay, you know, let's, whatever questions you have, I'll answer. And
3: yeah.
7: I mean, I, cause I nerd out about lyrics so much. Mm-hmm. Like music doesn't matter to me. Like I love this, Mike. Like it doesn't, I mean, and I had this conversation a little while ago with someone, you know, who's in a, a really, uh, who's in a band who, you know lyrics are everything to him and you know and, and he's like i don't give a fuck about the lyrics like <laughs> he doesn't care and you know but for me m- music doesn't matter at all it's what what they're saying and you know and i think that's where well we've kind of go- been going on this on our, on the side with the uh what is it um not the 311 what what what's the band or oh, like right? wow. Turnstile? Nope. No, um, it's either uh, Counting oh, Crows three or... Door, th- not three oh, Third Eye Blind. <laughs> Third Eye <not, they're laughs> <not> Blind, <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, you know, where, okay, you hear those songs and you're just like, this is like cheesy radio rock. But there's trash. something about... Ooh, trash. But there's some. Ooh. well, it, so, but there's something, you know, so first time Junk I remember food. hearing Counting Crows, I was like, God, this fucking sucks. But I remember... <laughs> That's how I feel now. But I remember Brian sitting me down and playing. You got to check out this record. He like because I had heard the Mr. Jones song from Counting Crows, and uh-huh. Brian like just listening, listen to the opening of Recovering the Satellites. Like just hear that, and we just sat and listened to it. Like oh my god, it hit me. And yeah, but so yeah, but but then I started really reading into the lyrics, and I was like, this is awesome. And that's kind of like with with Farside. Like they could be playing whatever. And mm-hmm. I would be like, this is awesome because, you know, he, like, I look at him, uh, you know, and I look at them as like rock stars, like, Oh my God, they're like the best band ever, but they're so humble and gracious. And, you know, just like, they're like real people. And, you yeah. know, we, who I, I forget who mentioned the audience, the, I know it sounds so silly or whatever. Me.
0: Yeah, like, that, that's, my, that's that's
7: my so, line. you know, it's like, that's how I feel, you know, like, yeah. How many times in your life have you been like, God, this sucks. Like, I'm not I'm – I, I don't am matter. I'm, I am i don't exist to anybody. And, you know, like – but I, I could never say that to someone. But he put it out there for the world to see.
0: Sorry, I'm getting all pumped up. No, <laughs> no, no I no, feel not- you. And it it's really simplistic lyrics. But yes. it's really effective.
7: Yes. It, yeah, I mean, it sounds – you know, it, if you just read those words on paper, you'd be like, that kind of sounds – Wait, actually, you know that that's me. I could see that to myself saying that to myself. And you know, and that's what I think is so special uh, about him and that just
2: shows like they didn't take themselves too seriously. Yeah. But but at the same time they did. Yeah.
6: Yeah. My
2: take too is like I always say like to me I hear rigged and I think this should have been like as big as Smash or Dookie oh, or yeah. you know whatever else but in a way, it's kind of cool that it's like our little secret, you know. Like yeah, they're, they're like, you know, sometimes it's it's nice to keep a little something for ourselves. Yeah. You know, I have no problem when bands I like get big. Maybe when I was like thirteen, it was annoying, but like yeah. you know, as a as you grow, you're like, hey, you sell out, these, yeah. Like I want these <laughs> bands I love. Like I've, you know, I love Far Side. Everybody should love Far Side. Everyone should listen. But it's kind of cool that like it's sort of like a, like a secret calling card on this. Like you meet mm-hmm. someone that, and that's the other thing with Farside is people that like Farside really like Farside. Yeah. Like they're not, yeah. they're not like a, just like, Oh yeah, they're cool. They got a couple tracks. Like it's usually people that are, you know, like you, like just gung ho about them. Mm-hmm. And, um, and maybe they were too smart for like Farside. Yeah. Like maybe it was mm-hmm. too smart
0: to you get know popular. Why? Cause they're in college. Right. <laughs> yeah, because we're in the college I, years. Yeah,
7: I think they were before their time too. Because, like, look at Gaslight Anthem doing covering "I Hope You're Unhappy." You know that that went over really well. And you, know, but I, I, think they're you know definitely one of the bands that was before their
2: time. Like if they came around in like the two thousands, they would have been huge. I agree. I think it, like I look at them sort of like, and and this is the only thing. And and again, if they couldn't physically or mentally whatever do it i understand but you do wonder if they got back together as that lineup that we just got to speak to Mm -hmm. i think the shows would be pretty big like i think it would be one of these things where you know like look at jawbreaker jawbreaker when they were around like yeah they people cared about them. obviously there wasn't enough to you know sign to geffen whatever but at the end of the band they were playing small venues and people didn't really, you know, care. And then it, the longer they were gone, it, it built this like a uh, mythology mm-hmm. it happens with a ton of bands. Like, you know, even like big star, like I love the band, big star. Oh and yeah. Nobody, you know, when they were around, nobody cared. And then it, it, it builds up this myth and, uh, you do wonder like far side could, could that have been them? Like they kind of, so many people want it for so long, but again, like they said, they, they would have to know that they could deliver. And mm-hmm. if you don't think if you're the artist and you don't think you can deliver, you're probably not going to be able to.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's I not love a that slight stick to that. Yeah, yeah. Like
2: that's not a slight towards them. Like I respect that because yeah, nobody, nobody wants to go and see, Oh my God, I've, I've never seen this band. I want to see him so bad. I can't wait. And then, we've all seen reunions, whether it's in person or, or footage. And you're like, Oh, that, that doesn't sound too good. Yeah. Yeah,
1: Or like, um, a band that made a record, one of the most important hardcore records of all time, 30 something years ago, and then came back around a couple of years ago and made a seven inch. And I, I listened to it and I'm like, this is really, really bad. I, I don't I, know what that is. That's okay. I'm not gonna say okay. it out loud. Okay. We'll talk
7: but about I it. Later, but I think it's also okay. the the time. You know, like it's important at the time and things have changed. So if you know what was what we were gravitating toward when we were younger, it it's like you some you just can't re um you can't like uh make that happen again. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's you almost know, like, yeah. When,
2: when I, like, you, yeah, you can't like, that's the other thing is, you know, a lot of this music is like, see, I, I don't want to say you, you, like youthful. It's like, and it's a part of that. It is like rigged is like pop. It's summer. 1994. Yeah. Can you make and summer? 1994 summer? 2022. I, I don't know. I, you know, like, like at this age, they can't do
7: new direction, too. You know, they can't. And like that, I mean, that's one of the most important songs to me ever. I just love the lyrics of that. And that's what I would want if they came and tried to write another record. But it's mm-hmm. not going to happen because I'm closer to 50 than I am. 19 when that record came out, 18. I I don't even remember what year it did. Mm -hmm. You guys would know, but so, uh, you know, are they going to talk about what things that I relate to more now paying bills and going to work and, (laughs) you know, Um, you know, like paying my mortgage makes me feel more alive than paying rent. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. You know, so it's, (laughs) so it's so hard because you want this taste of your youth back and and then once you have it, it's like, wait, it's kind of not what I was – what
2: I remember. and yeah, that's it's where, almost like you know, be careful what you wish for because yeah, exactly. there there have been bands where you're like, oh, man, I'd love to see them or I'd love – oh, wouldn't it be cool if they had a new record? And then it comes out and you're like, oh, yeah, no, this, this is not for me today. Yeah. And, um, and that's where, you know, where, and
7: I'll, I'll touch on this real quick again, like Gorilla Biscuits, I'm really glad that they're not trying to, or judge at the same time, you know, like they're playing the songs that people want to hear. And I think they realize like, Hey, we can't, we can't make this gold again. Like we, there's no way to match it. So let's not even try. I mean, that's just how I feel. Cause yeah. yeah. And yeah. cause those, it's, those it's records are
2: so important. It's tough with those and you know, just I'm thinking of those two mentioned because like I think Mike Judge still has a lot to say. So mm-hmm. there is a part of me that's curious and like to hear what he has to say. Whether it was as acoustic. doing a new judge record or doing a new acoustic thing, like yeah, like or just a new band where he sings. Yeah. Like, but um, yeah, I feel you. Like it's like I I definitely as cool as it would be to see Farside again, I got to see them once, and it was before I really was super familiar. I'm sure that's happened to everybody here. Like, you go to a show, the the band you're least familiar with, you watch them, and, oh, yeah, and then later on, you end up being a fan, and that was kind of what happened with me. I saw them with Saves a Day and Fast
4: Break Fast and Break. Nerve
2: Agents, and I was so into all those, and Farside was kind of like, the, oh, yeah, they're like – and it's funny to think, Rigged at that point was five years old, but it's like, oh, yeah, that's like – they're still around, you know, like almost like those guys are still around. I was only 18 or whatever. And now I'm like, oh, I wish I would have paid attention more when they played. Yeah. yeah. That was the last time I saw Far Side. Everyone left like uh, Brian's
7: band. My best mistake opened and saves the day. And what yeah. was the other band you mentioned? This is in College
0: no. Park, Maryland, right? Fast, yeah. Fast break. Break. Yeah. I, I fast break. was at that show, Mike.
7: Yep. And then it was packed for fast break and saves the day. Everyone after Saves the day played yeah yep. it cleared and out a little bit i i just remember being empty and i remember being like i am never going to listen to saves the day again and i hung <laughs> up to that up until uh, 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 uh i can't even think of the record name but i was like oh this you love is under the board bad. i know you love yes, under, the under the boards yeah, yeah so that, talked was,
2: about that, that was the but album that <laughs> made me break my promise what's funny with that tour so nerve agents were only on the philly one and maybe another they weren't on the whole thing and um, Farside was supposed to headline our show. And at this point, this was right before Through Being Cool. So I don't think people knew that Saves a Day was going to become – like I was the only person – I had one friend that liked Saves a Day. So he and I went. Like I didn't think – like, and I liked Fast Break and Nerve Agents. And um, I didn't think they were going to turn into what they ended up turning into. And I remember they were supposed to play before Farside and they – and I'm using air quotes, got stuck in traffic. And I remember people were like, oh, they just want a headline. But it sounds <laughs> like, unfortunately, whether for better or worse, it made the most sense for them to play last.
7: Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, it's the same. I'm sure you guys have seen that with a ton of bands where the headliner ends up playing to an empty place because like they're, they're bringing out like an up and coming band. I remember seeing that with, when thrice opened for hot water music, everyone left after thrice and hot water music. And then the same thing with, um, a lot dispute and hot water music, everyone left after a lot dispute and hot water music played at the electric factory and it was empty. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is so
2: weird. Yeah. It's like a, it's like, uh, it can definitely be a bummer um, and especially if you're into both of the bands, but yeah, sometimes it's like the whole timing of when somebody should play and when they, you know, it, it, uh, it gets skewed and messed up.
0: I was wrong. Kevin Murphy was not in that band at all crash. <laughs> Alex D Alex D Matessa, I I swear he told me he was it's uh Tim Gonzalez from Amenity. Ah, uh,
6: yeah.
2: Okay.
0: Okay. Sorry. Um, hey, at
2: least we, we correct we corrected it same episode.
1: That's I, good. Yeah. that's I, Yeah, that's not bad. I did look on Kevin Murphy's Discogs to see if it was on there and I was like oh, maybe they never recorded. And I kind of landed on the God Forgot 7-inch which like is it's Dano and Kevin Murphy, and Kevin Murphy plays all of the instruments. And it says that it was recorded in 1993 and 1994. I've never so, heard that. So, so that made me like wonder. Al- already, he was already doing stuff with Farsight. I'm just like, hey, Dan, I got these two songs. Like, let's, let's make them. But did that make you wonder if that
2: was kind of what he was talking about when he originally was saying with 411 that he wanted to do something darker?
1: Yeah, Maybe. I wonder Um, if that that, was like that band. He was, he was mentioning beatless. I believe that there's a song on a compilation. There's a two, two part compilation. I mentioned it on the um, bonus episode with Mushnik that you can hear on our Patreon, if you're a patron and it's called bus. That's just what the compilation is called. And it's like local Southern California bands and trigger man is on there and a band called Well House of Suffering is on there and a band called Freebase and then i believe Beatless has a song on there but i couldn't find the bus compilations on discogs for some reason so if i'm again having another mandela effect and beatless does not indeed have a song anywhere
0: beatlist b B-E-A-T. e Be- a no. t
1: Beat, beatless,
0: like without oh, so
2: a beat. Like-less. So, like Beatles with an extra S of the end. Yes, Yes.
1: Okay.
2: <laughs> um, I got
0: you.
1: Mike, I, uh, th- to hear you say that you were at the video recording of audience was interesting yes. for me to hear because that is okay. So, Virgin Megastore is on 19th Street in Costa Mesa, and I grew up on 21st Street in Costa Mesa. Oh, so wow. it's possible that I walked to that, um, to that video recording. And then I used to eat at that mother's so often. And I would always get the same thing every time. And that mother's is now just a, another grocery store called sprouts. Okay. But mother's is directly across the street from where that, um, that Virgin mega store was. And that shopping oh, wow. center just completely fell apart. There's like nothing cool there. At, at one point in time, it was so like popping. And we talked, uh, I think it was Evan and I also talked about how poppin' Virgin Megastore was for so long. And just the whole, that whole era of going to a bigger like kind of chain record store, like Tower or Virgin and seeing so many in-stores and it was like, Uh, It was so cool. But uh, I am I was trying to look when when the guy signed on, I was trying to look in the audience video. I've spotted myself before and I I couldn't do it at the time. But that was like such a cool thing to see that video being shot and having memories of it. And so it's really cool to hear that you were there. And I was there.
7: Uh, That is awesome. That's one of the things. You know what was that? Almost thirty years ago. Yeah. You know, and now we're sitting talking. You know, looks like you're in your garage. I'm in my living or dining room, and you know, and it's like, I don't know. It's something so special. But what was your what was your
1: go to at Mother's? Uh, Just a side of grilled tofu, and maybe like a black bean burrito. And like just yeah. real plain. And that was it. I, Mother's fucking sucked. It wasn't a good place, but it was the only place where you could get like vegan cookies mm-hmm. and um, a stonewall jerky and like kind of all those real nineties vegan things, vegan Rella and tofu Rella yep. and stuff, you know, that was the only spot in the area that had that stuff. But it was what it was at the time. But now we've evolved past that and there's so many other things that we could go to.
7: (laughs) Yeah, I would get the macho burrito every time. Uh, Because if I remember uh correctly, it was like barbecue tofu or something. And yeah, and there was just nothing else at the time. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
7: But uh, I remember that.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Mike, thanks so much. For joining us, um, popping in, of course, Greg didn't tell us that you were joining. He's really good oh, at, at springing yeah. that stuff on us. So it was. A I'm really getting
2: nice better at surprise. keeping
1: surprises. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I started out the episode by giving giving both you and Brian a bit of bow for the shirts, uh, dude. You, and in my head, the I was like, "Darkest Hour" box. I was yeah. so pumped over that. I was like,
2: "Oh man, this will fit perfectly." Yeah. Wait, what was it? So Sorry, Bri- so
0: Mike sent me a copy of that "Darkest Hour" live in lockdown, and Brian said, "Oh, I got some shirts I've been you know holding for you," and then. Oh, okay. I mean, the same box was the darkest hour records was some battery and damnation shirts that rule. And he was like, oh, some of those are he was like, a lot of those are from Mike, by the way.
7: Yeah. yeah. So those those remember you did uh, the salad days logo. And that was my like kind of like, thank you. that oh, set
0: Mike. Thank Amber, you. How
7: long did they sit in my car for those shirts for Jason? The battery and damnation shirts. Oh what God. are the battery like,
0: ones? They not sat not the orange, are they? They are sick. No, it's not the They orange.
7: S- they sat in my car for like maybe two years, and then I gave <laughs> them to Brian. Um, and then I gave them to Brian to give to you, and then yes. and that was not this past Christmas, but the Christmas before. Okay. So yeah, because you did that logo four years ago.
0: That's right. That's yeah, right. That's awesome. So <laughs> But so, I, yes. I got them so, and thank you very much. And yeah, Brian was actually supposed to bring them to the Be Well record release show, which was, yeah. you know. Before he before was, everything shut down, but. look at that
7: him being all full of himself. Oh, I got to play a set with my new
2: band. I oh yeah yeah
7: yeah, shirts, yeah 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 no know? way yeah yeah that Ooh. was the
0: least of my concerns that day. I was excited You're, to see them. Play, what an so. asshole! <laughs> no, no, not at all. <laughs> obviously, at all. obviously Jason needs
2: obviously Jason yeah. needs more t shirts. <laughs> no, no, you no. know, but uh, no, I'm I'm glad.
7: No, because I remember Brian was like, "Oh man, I can't believe I forgot those shirts," and I was like, "Dude." You were playing a set, yeah, your yeah, you're playing you a set, like, yeah, and he was like, Oh, my, I'm just you know, I'm oh man, and I was like, Yeah, okay, whatever.
0: Yeah, so, that's that's when, uh, and I walked with Aaron next door to I can't remember the name of the place, but that's when, uh, Aaron Dalbeck was telling me about Essex coffee roasters for the first time and that he was, doing oh, okay, that. yeah. So, walked full over circle. and got some coffee pre show, yeah, full circle,
7: yes. Well, thank you guys for having me. Um, yes. I, you know. I'm just I'm honored. And like I said, you know, it's like kind of like I live my I'm, well, I'm, I've gotten better about it. But audience is kind of like, you know, do you know, I, I spend my life wondering if anyone cares and if I've made an impact at all. And, you know, like, you know, by just having me on, I appreciate it. And I'm so thankful yeah. to you guys and what you're doing. So
1: thank you. Thank you. I can 100 yeah. we'll percent say yes
2: soon. to that. Yeah. yeah. We love it. Right. All
0: right, All right. Well, love you guys. Love Take you, Mike. Care. See you, Be
1: everybody. We'll see you soon. What's up, everybody? This is Javier with the Where It Went podcast. Just wanted to give a special bit of bow to our top tier patrons Billy Tunnell, Bram Hubble, Brandon Gavell, Brian Skiffington, Brooklyn, Cesar Falcon, Chad Keplinger, David Palmer, Dirk Focused, G. Jason Head, Jeremy Holahan, John Cowell, Quiet Keith, Logan Weasel, Maddie Cox, Nate of Head to Wall fame, Rob Moran, Tim Shear, Siren Records, and Dollar Slice Bootlegs. Please visit www.whereatwentpodcast.com for more information about how you can help us on Patreon. Patreon? Patreon. Become a patron on Patreon.